Hello survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 55 and in this edition we finish our full breakdown and give our conclusive thoughts on the first season of Resident Evil Netflix. My name is Sai and joining me on the panel this week, kind daddy biologist, just like Albert Wesker, it's Kelsey aka KDB. Hello. <laughs> I'll just stretch that one. Working diligently on a set of clones so that he can create his own D&D party, it's Moist Owlet, a.k.a. James. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> and forget dancing, I use my mind control powers to make him stop smoking for six weeks. We're all very proud. It's Firebutton Steve Valance. Oh, hello everybody. <laughs> Every episode of First Aid Spray is recorded live on our Discord server, so join now to hear the show early and unedited, and to become part of our fantastic little community where we discuss life, the universe, and Resident Evil. You can find a link to the server, as well as all of our social media profiles, at our website, fasprayPod.com. It's the support of our listeners that keeps First Aid Spray going, so why not check out our merchandise or our Patreon page? Tears begin at just $1 a month. Head over to patreon.com forward slash fasprayPod for a full list and the chance to to create bonus first aid spray content it has been basically a cup of coffee since the last podcast so we don't really have any housekeeping we do we have dropped one new piece of content the latest bonus podcast is out now myself steve james and burger joined us to discuss bioshock the 2006 first person action narrative adventure it's somebody's pile of shame pick find out who by listening to that podcast available now for patrons uh, that's all we have in terms of housekeeping, but we do have a few slices of Resident Evil news. So, Steve, in fact, one has literally broken within the last 30 minutes. So, Steve, why don't you take it away? Okay, sound the klaxon, literally, as I said. The, uh, this is moments for the podcast, but Resident Evil's Dead by Daylight Project W trailer has arrived. Yes, indeed. We still have a... Rather vague coming soon attached to it, but uh, nevertheless, the content is now uh, pretty much clear. It did, I'd say it leaked within the last week, but it also leaked as soon as it was announced. We kind of already do. Uh, it was kind of hard to avoid. But nevertheless, uh, Rebecca Chambers and Ada Wong will be joining Dead by Daylight as playable characters, and Albert Wesker will be a new, what do they call it, just killer, I guess. It's been a while since I played the game. Uh, James, what do you make of what I guess is the first time Dead by Daylight has done a second helping from a single franchise? I'm sure you're very... Are you going to be jumping straight back into this? Because, you know, Becky's a thing. Yeah, uh, I did I did say to everybody that if Rebecca Chambers... I, do you know what I said, actually? I said maybe if Rebecca Chambers came in. Um, <laughs> uh, because the game is quite toxic for me. Uh, for, right, that's fair. For me to play. But Rebecca Chambers is in it, and I like healer utility support type anything in any game so i'll give it a go um i'm the thing i'm excited about is that we, we're getting a like a, a high quality rebecca chambers um model i'm not sure at. of that now i'm not not to be cynical steve but we, we we know what the character models tend to look like in game and pre-rendered tend to not look the same i mean yeah that's true but i mean you know it's it's I like to look. I like to see it because it's like, well, maybe we might be getting something in the future with Rebecca Chambers, and they won't forget that she's the thing. But <laughs> that's also just, um, you know, wishful thinking. Uh, yeah, like we can, we can hope. Yeah, um, uh, I hope she's got some voice lines 
uh, at least as well. I guess the survivors generally don't, do they? No. They just tend to have screamed. But, I mean, I will say this on the positive slant is... I mean, it's kind of a positive slant. depends on your outlook. But this, you know, Rebecca Chambers, playable. That's a cool thing. <laughs> yeah. Not, you know, it's been a while. <laughs> no, it's so definitely, it's cool definitely that, been a while. You know, you can, a new yeah, playable iteration that, yeah. in 2022 of yeah yeah no yeah that that is pretty testament. Yeah, Steve, I'm, what do you make of uh, Project W? I'm salty. I, I'm one of those people who was a holdout and enjoyed Resistance more, and I kind of wish this was <laughs> a thing for Resistance and not Dead by Daylight. Mm. But I, I will, I'll give it a go. You know, I am. I'm going to be honest. DVD, the community kind of pulled me away because they are incredibly salty and it's like making League of Legends players look calm <laughs> James knows exactly yeah. what I mean but yeah. in a in our humble little community I'm sure we can have a few private games and have a laugh so that's fine yeah for sure want to see how the game looks in play because it's just weird seeing particularly RE5 teleporting around Wesker going to be walking around with a slow heavy gait Hopefully he really cannot see within a few meters and the flashlight just blinds him forever like he does in the games. Yeah, that's very true, actually. And he's got the tap and tentacles, which is neat, <laughs> I suppose. Hmm. In terms of, like, the trailer, like, the actual look of Wesker was really cool, I thought. Like, obviously, as you say, the gameplay may differ in quality, though it looks in-game. But, uh, you know, all the characters look cool, but Wesker especially, so... Uh, Kelsey, what are your thoughts on this? Is this going to draw you back to DBD at all? You know, it's been a while. Yes, it definitely is. I think the last Resident Evil update for it is the last time I played DBD. <laughs> yes, but <same. laughs> I got a, you know a good few sessions in it. Like Steve just said, private games only for me. I've tried playing with randoms online. And I just, I don't know, it just doesn't really work for me. I prefer to play it with friends and people I know. And when I do that, I do get a lot out of it. And I thought the trailer... I thought it looked awesome. I thought just it's nice to see Ari looking so nice. And yeah, okay, we sort of bemoan Wesker sometimes. Oh, he keeps getting used. But I don't know. I'm I'm happy to see him in this. And yeah, this is definitely going to be give me a reason to jump back in and, and have a few games with, you know, the fast crew and, and people. Right, for sure. So uh, there'll be some community games on the horizon, I'm sure. I, uh, yeah, I get it. Like, we don't really need Albert Wesker, you know, brought back from the dead in the games and stuff like that. It's a bit cheap and whatever, I find, generally. But I'm down for things like this, like Teppen, like everyone, you know, was, like, coming up with sort of a dream roster of Resistance DLC and everybody was like, well, Wesker has to be in here somewhere. When it's like a celebration and just like a non-canon spin-off muck-around multiplayer thing, absolutely, uh, for sure. And even better on top of it, you know, we didn't really really talked about this much over the course of the podcast because we try and keep it light and not get too far into the murky waters. But uh, it seems very happily that Albert Wesker has a new voice actor now. It would be interesting to find out who that is. As we say, this news is very hot right now. So it's possible that in the coming hours or days we'll find out who's going to be playing Albert Wesker in Dead by Daylight. And down the line, if it's somebody that's, you know, been signed on for any other future games or if it's just kind of a one-time thing. But the important thing is that Wesker has a new, hopefully far less scummy voice actor. Moving on, our next bit of news then is that Resident Evil Village will receive a free update in October adding new accessibility options. Yeah, so this was, uh, you know, one of those pleasant surprises and it's one of those things that... 
implied by that tweet there alongside the winter's expansion and gold edition this will be a free update to the base game as well which is nice we like accessibility there's you know absolutely no reason that the game shouldn't already have these things but it's good that they're coming so they include subtitle size color and background toggles speaker name display in story mode so whenever somebody's you know saying dialogue it will say who that person is which again i can't believe that's not in the game already but there you go uh closed captions and a permanent reticle i don't suppose i don't know if anyone particularly has any thoughts on this other than cool <laughs> it's free and i feel like the flexing on the uh, remake of the uh, the last of us that's like basically being charged for look at all these new accessibility features you're getting but it's also 70 dollars <laughs> right. i'm just basically just swagging in and go as is free. They did a PlayStation 1 announcement at the Sega Saturn conference. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good comparison. I know a um, good friend of the show, uh, Stars, said on the recent episode of Resident Evil Podcast, I'm just going to echo his thoughts here, that personally I feel like the third person over the shoulder gameplay should also be a free update for the base game because that's kind of an accessibility thing too. Um, he said it yeah. much better than you know than I just did, but I'm sure you catch my drift. But there you go. It's a shame that that one is is seemingly locked behind the Winter's Expansion DLC. But there you go. Mm. Hey, world, not like it. yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that's it, isn't it, for news? Because the last uh, well, there, there is. Relevant. I mean, that, that, we we can see what happens. Um, our last piece of news is more of a warning that there are potential leaks of Resident Evil Nine, and um, apparently. Uh, this just in, Data Mine Dead by Daylight Project W content is online. We, we might get spoiled on what we've already yeah. discussed. Oops. Ah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, that uh, it's, a, well, it's definitely worth saying. We're not going to be talking about the Resident Evil leaks. We did our little bit, you know, talking about Village back in the day and then kind of cut off. But from here on out, if you want the leaks, there are plenty of people that will talk about them, whether they're valid or not. Who even knows? We're a long way out from Resident Evil 9. Uh, but obviously they're doing the rounds most likely you're aware they're doing the rounds if you haven't actually seen the specifics but we're not going to talk about them so you're safe with us but yeah just a fair warning of uh, careful where you look on the internet right now i suppose we're also going to try and keep the discord clear of them so if you do post stuff oh, we're going to delete it and uh, you may or may not be warned about it mm-hmm. all right that's everything in terms of the news so let's jump back into our main subject uh, which is our concluding chapter on the netflix series resident evil And now, reading the file, Robert's Note from Resident Evil 2 1998, in character as Robert Kendo, Miggity Mac, who you can follow on Twitter at MovingLikeMike. How could this have happened, Barry? The town's been overrun by zombies, and has literally become a nightmare on Earth. As you know, my concern for this town is as great as your own. I have waited for your arrival on the assumption you were still in the area, but the threat of my shop being overwhelmed by zombies has become too great. I've already distributed the majority of weapons and ammo to the town's survivors, including that raging bull you special ordered. I hope you'd understand, given the circumstances. At any rate, I have no intention of pointlessly sacrificing my life, and will be retreating to Stoneville. If you get this message, meet me there. We'll go fishing. Robert Kendall. Oh boy, here we go. The the so the, the subject is so good we had to talk about it twice. <laughs> we are now uh 
I guess, are we a month removed? Nearly a month? I don't know. Time hasn't been meaning anymore. But uh, the show's been out for a while. I imagine everyone's seen it. So we don't really need to dilly-dally and introduce it. We already did that on the last episode. So we are basically just going to launch right in. If you haven't listened to the previous episode of the podcast, I would highly recommend it. Uh, We talked about sort of general broad strokes of what we thought about the way the show looked and the characters and their portrayals, that kind of thing. Uh, And then broke down the first four episodes. So for this one, we are going to break down the second four episodes and then talk about, you know, the general reaction to the show and our own personal thoughts on it. So let's start with episode five then, basically picking right back off from where we stopped. James, would you like to lead us in (laughs) rather awkwardly? It feels so weird starting in the middle of a subject. But James, what are your thoughts on episode five? (laughs) (laughs) It was all right. Okay, next next episode. That was all right too. And episode seven was sweet. Uh, And yeah, episode eight was, you know, serviceable. Uh, Yeah, yeah, no. Episode Good five. Podcast, everybody. Good podcast. Good <laughs> yeah, great, great job, everybody. Um, <laughs> um, so, out of all the episodes, um, I feel like this episode probably had the most um, Resident Evil DNA in terms of most of the scenes in it. Um, with uh, we have, I mean, we had a Moonlight Sonata, um, two different types of Moonlight Sonata. Uh, hmm. In in this episode, we had a remix, and we had the just the, and you know how much I love that. You know that song just because how Becky uh, plays it. Um, yeah, I, I, is it like, is this like an overall opinion of this episode? Or are we going to get into it? Both. Both. Okay, <laughs> we're just just general, just general yeah. summary, and yeah, going into okay. Yeah, I really I, I really like this episode. Uh, you learn a lot in this episode. Um, yeah, like uh, I, there was one bit. I mean, I'm going to go straight to the end because there was one line. Um, that again, are we going to keep talking about how Lance is amazing um, in this show? But there's so there's a line that Wesker says right at the end of the episode, and it's a line that any other actor, I think, I mean, there would have been some actors out there, but any other act- actor said it, and it would have been like it just would have been like a, a throwaway line. But um, it's when Lesker, Lesker, when Wesker says to his kids, "Let me save you." Mm. And it, like, I haven't really cried at Resident Evil, right? And that line really touched me. Because it's like, at this point, these kids have learned, you know, they're being, they're basically, they're being used, you know, for their blood. But also there's constant, there's this constant fight with their father and umbrella about, um, like, who he is and what his love actually is throughout these last four episodes. We'll go into it later on, but... Hmm. I just that line really spoke to me because um, throughout the the series, like these kids are all well, mostly Jade is constantly cussing him out and is constantly just being a pain in the butt. And then you hear "Let me save you," and it's like, oh, <laughs> like I really, I, I, I really yeah. felt that. Um, this was they talk about family drama being a core part in the show, and definitely mm. it is. And I think some of the best best parts of it are actually in this episode with stuff like that 
and the fact that there's like this bug out bag specifically and like this email that Wesker basically has to say no don't send this every day yeah it goes to uh, you know to his kids to basically say get out of dodge and even the fact that the I thought it was a little bit dopey maybe but it's also kind of sweet and weird in a weird way that mm. the secret door is hidden behind <laughs> the footprint of the dog he's got a chip in <laughs> yeah so that, that kind of shows you know who he is as a family man which I quite like yeah it's like he knew like the little messages are left around the house like he knew his his kids would be able to figure it out you know we can as mm. viewers we can sit there and go oh how did they figure that out but these kids people forget are geniuses they're the right. they're the children of wesker who is also a genius you know he might be a, a little bit of a diluted genius due to the the cloning but he's still a genius um but i'll let i'll let my other colleagues speak more about that but i'm gonna go into just a couple of like things that I really wanted to see more of. Um, mm. And the first thing was, I, it's probably not out there. Um, that's probably where it was meant to stop. But I wanted more of the Lisa Trevor video. <laughs> like, <laughs> when they ended it, when they ended it, I was like, no, I want more of that. Give me more of that. It was, uh, yeah, it was really interesting and, like, really well captured. Um, like the whole show was like really uniquely captured in terms of cinematography, and then we see this found footage film, um, and it really it, it kind of transported me to that moment, which is what they tried to do, and it was really cool. And I just wanted to see more. I wanted like five minutes of whatever the heck was going on then. <laughs> you know, um, it was it was awesome, um, and that was also the thing that started that off. Oh no, it wasn't. No, that was later on. Never mind. But yeah, uh, and then the other thing. Um, you know, it's it's not really a it's not really a big deal. Um, it's the fact that everything was pushed to open in this house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like I, I'm surprised they didn't accidentally push something, you know, to open it. You know, in this house as they were just walking by it, everything is pushed to open for some reason. Um, it's modern, yeah. And I, <laughs> you're gonna have to bleep me here, but um, I mean to end it before I pass it on to my colleagues, the best line. I think, other than let me save you, is and I'm your f***ing father, you'll do as you're f***ing told. <laughs> it made me go, okay, alright, yeah. dad, I'll do, do precisely what I'm told. Um, yeah, really intimidated by him, uh, but yeah, I'll pass it on, because I could, this, this is a really strong episode for me. Yeah, it, I think that's a generally held opinion. Uh, Kelsey, is this your favourite episode of the season? it's one of my two favorite episodes yeah right. um i think firstly i just want to agree with james i wanted more lisa trevor as well um so even though this episode does kind of scream we spent all the budget elsewhere so we need a cheap episode um <laughs> i do i do really like it and i think after episode four you know we, uh, where i'd made my feelings clear this one caught my eye again and you know, we've mentioned they basically play Resident Evil in the house. They read files, they solve puzzles, play the piano. There's a dog whistle, secret door, and like as far as like homages to the game go, for me, this is the way to do it. Not saying just call me the master of unlocking, and it's just yes, yeah, th yeah. this is done in a way that makes sense and kind of services the story. And this is kind of the closest. Uh, that the show gets to being like an episode of the X-Files, which I've long championed as being like a style route, which I think live-action RE should take. Uh, it has conspiracy unfolding, a little bit of cheesiness um, with the kind of glimpse of Lisa Trevor, but I, I thought it nailed that tone for what I want from live-action RE. And 
Yeah, it, some of it maybe is a bit drawn out because I say it's, it's a budget episode, but it feels like it's just constantly going out of its way to actually advance the plot. Um, and there's no mm. skateboarding. It's a nice little journey of discovery. <laughs> um, I Simon kind of constantly being on the phone was a bit jarring. Um, mm. I know they needed somebody to help them with the CCTV. And I think I maybe would have just rather the girls figured that out on their own. Um, and I think maybe this was the show trying to kind of shoehorn Simon in as like, oh, he is a useful character. Look, he does have uses so that you'd be more affected when he gets shot in the face. Um, but that just kind of didn't work for me. Uh, visually, it was a bit awkward, like having his face there the entire time on the video call and they just like plonk him down on the side <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, just didn't really like that, but really loved the Wesker stuff and, you know, the opening interrogation as well. Um, I think this episode it spends you know i think it probably spends 45 of the 50 minutes in 2022 timeline and Mm. focusing on one timeline for the most part i think really helps the tone of the show so yeah this is a very strong episode for me yes absolutely for sure i uh i have to agree with you about the simon stuff um there was a whole sequence of this episode that bored me in the sense that felt like it went on a bit too long which is when Jade and Billy decided to have an argument Mm. um, and Billy kind of swapped from uh, we need to go and take down Umbrella because they're doing mean things to rabbits to no nothing's but don't worry about it I'm not I guess you know the the theory is she's just panicking about her own well-being at the time what's going on with her own infection maybe but uh, I don't know it it seemed a bit weird and the fact that you know they stormed off and they just stormed back in and all and I'm not to be that person, but I feel like they put Simon in that scene to settle their dispute for them. I was like, "Yep, there you go. Here comes the man to save the day." I, was, I thought that was a bit, um, but there you go. That's just me. Um, Steve, what did you think of episode five? Oddly enough, uh, the tone is something I really did enjoy because it wasn't mm. just trying to be the Walking Dead with BOWs, or well, what has been in the past, where it's just like, "Oh yeah, I'll wait for." Lance Reddick to show up and be awesome. This actually had like a point, uh, you know, trying yeah. to figure out the conspiracy behind their own father, and I love that. When they're playing into the more mystery stuff, I feel like Resident Evil as a whole needs to stop leaning on the zombie apocalypse and actually lean on the conspiracy more. Like Cal said with the X Files, you know, the killing and stuff should be a, a, a treatment more than The Walking Dead or what's that? Day- not Daisy. That's a game. Uh, the, the Z Nation or whatever the frig it's called. You know, the, mm. the obsession with just putting zombies everywhere, especially in this, where they're barely effectual except for, like, a handful of sequences, rather than expir- exploration and investigation. I mean, the, the, the children arguing stuff wasn't particularly captivating, but them going through the mystery and the little cute nods, like, for example, the dog whistle is with a magazine, a handgun magazine, which is exactly how it happens in the remake. Yeah. yeah. They then have to, you know, Moonlight Sonata, of course, it's going to be that kind of puzzle. That kind of stuff's great. Uh, and the, the cutenessness of Betty, I can't remember the dog's name, with um, the chip in her hand is adorable. Uh, Pablo, okay. <laughs> I don't know where Betty came from, but, you know, the, 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 the dog <laughs> is a dog. The, 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 the needless jumping up and down stuff, the escape room goofiness, it, that's what Simon felt like to me. You know, when you're, if you've done an escape room, there's normally someone nudging you in the direction, uh, a, a ringleader over a tannoy, if you will. And that's what Simon felt like to me with turning the camera off. Or maybe you could try this RFID and like, no, there is always a basement in every one of these houses. He's like the tips mm-hmm. guide. 
Uh, I didn't really <laughs> feel much for that. I know he's done the Hackerman I in, I'm in stuff, but also, eh, it's Simon. <laughs> Do you remember? Um, do you remember back in the day before the internet when you were stuck on a game and you had to ring a number? <laughs> yeah, that's Simon. Yeah, that's what it was. Hello, welcome <laughs> to LucasArts tip line. Uh, I, have, I have the emotional range of confused panda. No, no, no. But no, the, the, the things that puzzle me though with the strange things is like Albert has a lab designed to go full incinerate mode when a hard drive gets unplugged, but it doesn't really burn anything. <laughs> Just, just the possessions that might be considered keepsakes and not useful evidence or scientific value. <laughs> was a bit strange. The fact the girl survived it with no real trouble by sitting on a table in the middle of the room was also a bit of a okay. This seems a bit pointless. <laughs> there, there was a. I, I put a note here. So I'm not sure why the burn sequence sequence had a cool down when the room was locked. <laughs> like, why, why would you have a cool down? Like, it made no mm. sense. Like, it added no tension for, for me. Drama. Mm. All right. Yeah. But uh, the confrontation with Lance at the end, where they knock him, you know, knock him the f out, and then question him about, for example, Lisa Trevor and stuff, and he truthfully says that wasn't him. But we're all like, yeah, well, clearly someone who has your voice, Lance, uh, for mm. a revelation in a few episodes' time. I thought it was really good seeing them argue, and like James says, when Wes goes into full dad mode, and uh, you will sit the f- down. Yeah, good. Liked it. Didn't actually have much to complain about. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's fair. I, I'm in agreement that this, for me, this is the best episode. It was the episode that I was most engaged with, um, from beginning to end, pretty much, because of the puzzle solving and stuff that started to feel a little bit like Resident Evil, uh, rather than, as you say, a bit just a generic show with zombies in it, you know. And as kind of previously mentioned, I like that. Like, you could do the puzzle thing, and it feels a little bit sort of thin and stretched, and, oh, we're putting puzzles in it because Resident Evil does. But in this, you know, it actually sort of had some logic behind sort of the crypticness of it all. It was, you know, designed to be stuff that only they could solve together because it's memories of theirs and related to them, which made sense, you know. It was stuff hidden for them to find, which I thought was really cool. And I can even believe that, uh, you know... Moonlight Sonata has been a kind of a weird obsession that's passed down over the years, uh, from Spencer down to Wesker and beyond. Kind of, I, I can I can believe that. Yeah, it's good. It's, well, it's absolutely the best episode. Um, it's not perfect, but it's definitely the most engaging. And I I like the Lisa stuff as well. Okay, it, it did look a little bit cheap, uh, but I liked it more than the movie version. Which I think I made evident when we talked about Welcome to Raccoon City, where they made her like a weird good guy with no backstory. In this, she's just some freaky monster that's on a terrifying VHS, and she's got a creepy eye on her back. I was like, there you go. You're already way closer to what Lisa Trevor should be. Uh, so it's kind of funny. It goes to show the impact that Remake has had, that she's been inserted into both this and the, the latest film as well. Kind of People love her. Yeah, she's. I mean, no, she's been highly regarded as the creepiest thing in Resident Evil for a long time now, and that's why she gets these appearances. So, yeah, I'm cool with it. I'm happy with it. Coming next year to Dead by Daylight, Project L. <laughs> <laughs> She'd work as well. She's got all like weird tentacle she tricks absolutely. and the hand smashing. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. To be fair, definitely. Just screaming mother at people would probably make them all terrified. It does make. <laughs> 
<laughs> tell you what, they, they need they, right. oh, they, sorry, go on. they need more slow moving killers in that game because you know every killer can it's cap- cheap yeah <laughs> every killer is cheap <laughs> but but yeah very much so speaking of which though uh episode six speaking of terrifying uh for me uh massive 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 drop off from episode five <laughs> might be oh i don't know actually i was gonna say it might be one of the worst episodes but i mean i'm just gonna put it out there now uh from here on out where we we really crash hard uh i but <laughs> I think my 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 days of saying positives about the show are certainly coming to a middle because, uh, <laughs> yeah, all of this is rubbish from here on out. Uh, so take it away, Kelsey. Highlights okay. and lowlights of episode six. Yeah, so I have quite a bit to say about this one. So I'm, yeah, just bear with me. Um, so as with the last episode, the show works much better when it's not jumping around. Uh, so it allows you to soak up what's going on and get a feel for the tension and characters. So kind of structure-wise, I liked this episode because it spends a lot of time in one place. That being said... Uh, <laughs> it's a shame that place is boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's incredibly dull. Uh, I felt like I was watching what should have been deleted scenes with some of this episode. Um, particularly the cafeteria scene, uh, I kind of get what it was trying to do. Like it's trying to sort of show Jade, you know, she's got this reminder of, um, you know, normal life and stuff like that. However, I don't think that was necessary because I was sort of already on board with the fact that she cared about her kid. And then, like that cafeteria scene is doubly pointless, but by, by reinforcing the safety of her family life, because she then just makes the following decision she makes is just one of the most stupid things she does in the entire show and it's kind of this absolutely unforgivable idea to jeopardize all that safety and bring a zombie on board the ship and i know we've sort of floated the idea that jade is not a good person and is not likable which you know okay cool she's not but the problem i sort of have is that a well written bad guy character if that's what we're saying jade is even when unlikable should kind of have sympathetic traits and you know be relatable and kind of that sort of thing that gives them depth but the thing is the show is doing everything it can to kind of side post jane jade as a flawed hero on this redemption arc and you know be there for her family and stuff like that and i don't believe she's just a bad guy destined for like a path of genocide and world domination like her dad because you know to me that's not what the writing is reinforcing and so we can theorize that that's the path she's on um but i don't see a great deal of evidence to support it uh, because what i feel we're actually seeing is that redemption arc as i said um mm. but yeah uh sh- bringing bringing the zombie on the ship but visually it's kind of cool it's like an amazing horror sequence but just how it was written to get there is not is senseless like i, I it, the show had tore it with me in a couple of places before this episode and this was another place where it did and then the testing stuff with the zero enzymes i've kind of been over it it's you know it's a plot device that i'm not crazy about it's fine in the sense of the show but you know zombies that you can control is not interesting to me i think it's just not something i personally enjoy i said i've said before i'd have much rather sensible character development and then i would have been more forgiving of the pseudoscience stuff because i felt it was just stealing time away from the character side of things um yeah so the ship stuff it's 
like I say, full of filler and deleted scenes. And then the mm-hmm. this main set piece with the zombie was just kind of, it, it wasn't logical for me. Um, what I will say is the Burt reveal at the end, back in the 2022 timeline, and we're going to get into Burt in the next episode. I did sit up and I was like, WTF, oh my God, <laughs> it's a Wesker clone. And a smile appeared on my face. And uh, yeah, that did pique my interest. So this episode was not enjoyable to me but mm. the the final 30 seconds i was back on board again <laughs> i have to say that uh i did love the hey bro give me a it's perfect an actual laugh out loud like a genuine warm laugh out loud which was very much needed after the absolute misery of this episode um i yep. see what you're saying about you know what we said before about Jade not necessarily being a good character and this being the redemption sort of story or potentially laid out before her. There's a difference to me between Jade being kind of a horrible person who goes around punching people and then basically sticking it on her sister who's already been bullied, which is uh, really weird. Uh, and then what she does is in this episode, which is is not. Uh, what would a horrible person do? It's what would an absolute idiot do? Like, it's just... It is... Every move she makes in this episode is pure stupidity. Repeatedly putting... I mean, it was quite... Some of it's quite funny in a... You know, it's well shot and it looks good. And I like the dragging the zombie on board in the body bag and, like, bumping into someone on the boat. I thought it was quite funny. But... Uh, it, it's like what's I don't know it's just completely stupid and then she's like oh my daughter's in here you just wait here while I bleed in the zombies general direction and see what happens rather than spray the pheromone on like a big stick and wave it in front of it and see what happens I don't know it's like I, don't know. I, just, I despair um, Steve please take us away with your thoughts on episode 6 just insert like 4 minutes of compressed screaming no no no, no. <laughs> The opening five minutes and the last five minutes of this episode are all you really need, other than Jade's a bit of a rubbish parent who's very irresponsible and has took the scientific approach that Wesker has, uh, in quotation marks. I'm pretty sure Wesker never accidentally released the T-virus or actually did anything completely that reckless in the Arclay lab. I thought that was always someone else's thing. But this <laughs> this kind of implies that if, if we are to believe everything's going on, that it probably was Wesker himself just spilled a T-virus file and went, oops with just how reckless Jade is. And I hate to say it, this is Mm. probably the most harsh thing I'm going to say, and I feel awful, but Netflix know how to hire child actors. Like, we've seen Stranger Things and stuff, fantastic actors in that. B, just comes across the kid who's confused, who's on the set reciting lines and not actually acting, and it draws me out every time she says anything, (laughs) bless them. Now, I'm sure they'll have a great career ahead of them, hopefully, but in this, I'm just like, okay, yeah, great. This is one of those where I was constantly checking my watch kind of thing. Where I'm like, when do we get into something that's actually re- relevant? I've already said, I think I've gone down a record of saying the future stuff really draws me the F out of this entire show anyway. This this episode Nyon nearly killed me. <laughs> the characters don't interest me. And yeah, the, the ending with Bert, like my colleagues have said, is fun. And I, I am one of these people who thinks Wesker clones are the dumbest <laughs> you'll ever f- come out with. <laughs> the, like the lowest common denominator answer to the uh, how does Wesker come back at, you know but as a character is something we'll probably get into on the next episode bit 
<laughs> so for now, episode six is just Dyer, a slog. Watch the first five minutes with Al being a torturer and stuff. And then the last five minutes where he's mocked up. Everything else is just filler. It's crap. Yeah. it's. There's some things in here that arguably you can sort of springboard into... Well, okay, there's a thing, at least a thing, that springboards into the future of the show, which we'll talk about, um, I guess. But... So B has superpowers. That's like part of the subplot stuff in here that she's suddenly learned how... And it's implied throughout the show she's reading way ahead of level and now she's suddenly able to perform crazy musical feats. Uh, Super great. Maybe, yeah, maybe Jade's expression was meant to be uh, pleasant relief and surprise, uh, you know, that her kid has all the magical Wesker genes. I don't know why she looks so shocked about it. Because she should already know that she has superpowers, considering all the stuff that she's been, you know, gone through already, falling from great heights and getting up unscathed and stuff like that. Uh, so why wouldn't she assume that her kid's also going to get it? As I say, maybe she just thought it wouldn't happen, and it was meant to be like, oh, that's that's a thing, is it? But she looked amazed like she'd never seen anything quite like that before, which I thought was a little bit odd. But there you go, that's just me. Uh, James, <laughs> you're the person here out of us that have been the most positive on the show. Uh, please pull us back from our uh, from the darkness. What did you like about episode six? I'm going to bring you back, guys. It'll be hard, but I'm going to try. Um, <laughs> so I agree that this is probably one of the weakest episodes, but it also has some pretty good stuff in it. That is, which is good for the lore of the show and the, the show's universe itself. Yeah. Um, but it's also got. I'll talk about the bad things first, and I'll talk about the good things. Um, so. There is the beginning of this show I didn't like very much. The um, I, I liked Wesker just being a genius and just using, like, but all at the same time, like he he says something. He says, uh, like it's basically for the greater good, which is basically what Wesker is all about. You know, he'll do anything, and even though his acts are evil. Um, per se, he's doing it for his own good cause, which is what a Wesker would do. And I say, keep that in your head, a Wesker, because every single one of these Weskers does this. Um, I think it's in the next episode or the episode after or the final episode. But so, someone says that you Weskers are all about self-preservation. I've got it in my mm. notes somewhere, right? And I want that to just settle into people's minds. Self-preservation. Because that is all you ever see from these weskers you know like they and i like jade i think is 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 trying to be written as this uh potential anti-hero um and you know i can't say he, here or there you know i can't i can't guess what's going to happen in the future what um the showrunner has planned right but everything she's done has been self-preservation while also trying her best to keep hold of her humanity Every single thing she's done. And yeah, she's done some stupid things. Right? But it's been because she's been trying to self-preserve herself. Um, well, I, I always... I, when I see her, I think of her like kind of fighting with herself. Um, there's also one of the biggest kind of uh, future um, kind of spoilers, but also um, a theory here. Right, it was kind of confirmed, you know. But um, in the future... Um, Jade asks Billy, how's dad? And in this episode, and mm. Billy says, died asking for you. Um, and we're going to learn later that 
the Wesker we know had perished. Um, they well, I mean, we didn't see them die, but you know, they were at the center of an explosion, so that's pretty, you know. Um, right. But then again, we've also seen Albert Wesker in the center of an explosion, and he didn't die in the Resident Evil games. So who I, knows? Yeah, I think it's implied that he survived that explosion. Right. Uh, well, my my not, theory, yeah. my theory, is that he did die, and Bert became their new dad. Sure. Because he has fatherly... Right, okay. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Because he has fatherly tendencies. Like, as soon as he heard about the kids, he wanted to be near near them. While at the same time, no one ever... And I said this in the last podcast as well. No one ever refers to Albert Wesker as psychotic, yet Bert has psychotic, psychotic tendencies. Like, in the Olive Garden scene, wanting to punch something you know, um, and seeing some really wild stuff. It was funny and memeable, but it was like, if you were, that was an actual person, like in front of you, like, I would be worried, like that mm. they're saying that. Um, so I believe that he is actually their future father and he actually goes off the rails completely. Um, yeah, because in the same episode, uh, Jade also says our father is a psychopath as well. Um, and I also, I want to know what happened, um, which is why I want more seasons. I want to know what happened um, because there are so many years that were lost in this time, which I think is why they did this time jump, so they have so much to work with. Now, to go into the lab scene, um, yeah, oh, sorry, no, one extra, like, kind of bad thing is that the scene where Billy pretending to be on Jade's side is really well acted, um, but with what we know as the viewer and the escape that she did afterwards, it was really hard to believe it. Mm. Yeah, like, that- really hard. It was that, that, I think that's one of the things that really infuriated me a bit about the episode. Obviously, it's a big moment, and you're meant to believe it, but the entire time it's just like, yeah, that, that's not how this story's going, is it? Right. Mm-hmm. It, it just it just felt very muddy and messy. It went too hard on the this too good to be true trope, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I was like, no, I don't. Especially with like Jade immediately finding the head and then finding the university afterwards. Of course, she was told, but it was like it's too good. It was too good, especially what we knew. I mean, they did this bit right, the bit what we knew in episode eight and at the end of episode eight. Um, one more thing is because Luigi promised me, and you're going to have to beat me again, um, but Jay's kid is going to go bad. Um, who reads Shakespeare, wrinkle through time, does ballet, and plays piano, and is a good guy? Not this Okay. Rebecca Chambers, maybe? Period, question Mm-mm. mark? Not at five years old. She needs a British accent, and she's primed for evil be like she she's gonna be a bad she's gonna be a bad one um yeah and like i I could go on because i I made a lot of notes about this and like a lot of negative and positive ones but um i i had to re-watch the lab scene several times because something wasn't clicking with me and you know i think it's because they didn't fully just like explain what was going on a lot of the time um, like I put in my notes here, I'm not 100% sure what they're doing at the lab at this point. I'm hearing enzymes, I'm hearing there are two things. Then I had to watch it several times to actually get an idea of what was going on. Um, so then I came to the conclusion that, um, I mean, Jade, I'm surprised Amrita allowed this, to be honest, but Jade uses her own saliva um, to, uh, yeah, to make this work. And at this point, I think Jade... Like has arrogantly forgotten who she is, mm, right? Because she has, I mean, we, another theory, right? But she has the Wesker blood in her, which means she also has T virus blood in her. 
right? So with her putting the saliva down and it all suddenly working, of course it's going to work. Of course it's going to work. That's how how pseudoscience works, (laughs) you know? Um, You know, that's how it typically works in Resident Evil um, because she technically has the same DNA markers as the Zeros, which is why it never went for her. Later on in the episode, you see her just walking through Zeros and they don't even bother her um, because she has... You know the uh, she has the marker. Um, she is constantly chased by by zombies. But I'm betting, like prior to this, but I'm betting that if they caught up with her, they wouldn't want to get. They wouldn't want to grab her. That is one inconsistency, though. Like they should, like if they go, if they're going with that, like they should have just made it so she. I mean, that might also be another reason why she just got out of stuff by accident. Like it seemed like she got out by accident because of mm. that. Um, yeah, and yeah, as I say, like the enzymes won't go near her. Um, they won't go uh, near her DNA because she has the T virus within her. Why would the zombies want to bite her when they think that she's one of them? Um, yeah, um, yeah, and I, I truly think that Jade does want a better world, um, but she has psychotic tendencies. This word psych- psych- psychotic and psycho is said a lot in the show, like. Oh, like too much. It's like they're trying to, like, drill something inside you. Um, but the arrogance of her is, and then the Wesker bloodline is too strong. Like, I mean, she has her own kid in the. She's so arrogant. She has her own kid in the room, thinking her experiment is going to work. Right, while this zombie is like, oh, and then the zombie sniffs her daughter and then goes wild, because mm-hmm. her daughter, you know. You know, had maybe he's got diluted blood in her or something. I don't know. That's something else I'd need to talk about. Um, yeah, there's a lot of inconsistency in that. Yeah, like I, I and I completely agree. Like that, as I said at the beginning, this is one of my least favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. But I can see what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish they did it on a, a more consistent basis. Um, uh, one one other thing I want to mention, but two things actually, and they're they're completely devoid, like separated from everything I've just spoken about. But I did love like the multicultural aspect of the university. There was yeah. a lot of cultures on this ship, and they could have done the easy thing that Resi typically does, which is just whitewash everything, right? But if you look in the background, the set pieces, everything, there's different things from different cultures everywhere. It truly felt like a ship that had a lot of people from different places on it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want to mention is I just want to hear Ella Belinska, uh, Belinsky, Belinska, uh, laugh more because she only ever laughs once in the show and you hear her laugh in this episode and it, it calmed me. <laughs> I was like, you have, you have a fantastic laugh. I want to hear you laugh. Uh, yeah. I want to hear you laugh more. And that's my, that's my, that's my rant. I will say that I like your thoughts on, uh, Jade being kind of like her blood being the zombie repellent, you know, missing ingredient, certainly being yeah. obviously attached to her heritage in the same way that Billy's blood and her heritage is kind of what keeps the clones alive. So that's an mm. interesting, you know, they ha- they both have their own uses sort of thing. But as I said in the first episode we did on this, it's the kind of thing that would benefit with more people looking at the script and drafting things through and finding more reasons to accentuate stuff like that and tell that story in the background or whatever and cut out things that confuse matters, uh, I suppose. But yeah, no, it's a good point. And I mean, if I had to offer a positive towards this episode is I did actually kind of like some of the lab 
stuff. It was nice to see them doing lab stuff and doing yeah. science things in Resident Evil. As we talked about in the last episode, usually we don't really see too much of that because we come in after everything's gone wrong. Yeah. So, I suppose that was nice in its own way as well. I, I put down um, as well that, uh, as, you, as you said, it was nice to see that, but it was also, you're getting a glimpse into what Umbrella used to be. You're getting a glimpse into the origins of Umbrella here because mm. that's how Umbrella used to be. They wanted, like, it was set up to, like, to help people, to support people, right? But then it grew into this greedy, like, people were brought on and it was built into this greedy corporation, like in military, like and it had its military arm, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and like its its cloak and dagger stuff and clandestine stuff, right? So we get an idea of what Umbrella used to be with this lab, and I think it's trying to give you that. It's trying to kind of rebuild that in twenty thirty eight or whenever this was set. I always I keep forgetting twenty thirty six or twenty thirty eight. Twenty thirty six. Yeah, you're getting you're getting an insight into what the future of potential Umbrella could be like or what whatever jade wants to build and or slash or billy you know it's crazy now that you mention it i think it may actually have more scientific like faffing around in the lab scenes than anything else in the show and it's like a ramshackle lab on an oil tanker um as opposed <laughs> right. to the big pristine joy labs that we see like all of 10 seconds of really mm. so I think James is smarter than this show is, um, just to sort of jump in. Because the theory that like James is putting forward is awesome, and I love it, and it works. I, the reason I think the show doesn't work is because the show... If the show is... If, if this theory is what I'm supposed to buy into, then I don't want to watch Jade. There's nothing kind of interesting about it. There's more because I'm seeing her make all these mistakes and I'm seeing her do all this arrogant, stupid stuff. And the show is trying... I think the show... If it's going to pull the rug out from us later and be like, yeah, yeah, she's just a Wesker and it's all this, I don't think the show is doing enough for that now. If you're sort of picking up on some nuances that, okay, maybe they're there. I think the show is going out of its way to make Jade the hero. Um... I don't think the writing is as clever as you're kind of giving it credit for. I'm not sure it goes as deep as any of this. And spending time watching a show with characters who are stupid and horrible is not something I want to do. This is a TV show. This is not a, you know, we're, we're sort of studying it on the po- here on the podcast and it's fun to do. But as I'm watching it, I'm, I'm not upset i'm just angry <laughs> but not in a good way not in like oh she's yeah. such a bastard. oh she's such an idiot it, i'm just kind of lamenting the decisions that are being made and mm. if we you know we're going to probably touch on a season two and stuff at the end and there's lots of ways that this show can go at the moment with what we're getting with season one i don't think it's as being it's being as as clever as james is kind of saying it could be bring because i do love the thing on the show I, yeah, <laughs> like I, the theory that James is putting forward makes sense. It's good. I think just the way it's being depicted on the show is, I don't think it's doing that. I think it's doing other stuff, and it may very well go. Huh? No, actually, this is it later. But if they're going to pull the rug out later, I don't think they've they're doing enough groundwork. And so I, I, ha- I have to give James credit for you know the analysis and the theorizing, and it's you know this is really fun to do. I just think in the moment watching a TV show, like I say, character stuff is so, so important to me. And I'm trying to 
see where all this stuff is happening in the show. So, for me, it's setting her up as, like I said, this. The, in the, it's setting her up in a different way. It's, no, she's on the redemption arc. Look what an asshole she was when she was a kid. She doesn't want to be like that to her daughter. And she's making some mistakes along the way. But the mistakes she's making are just kind of so badly written and, yeah, kind of unforgivable, which makes me not want to watch her anymore, uh, I suppose, is what I'm trying mm. to say. Okay. Um, so, I mean... Like I, I get what you're saying. It's just like I, because I, I agree with you. The the writing is subpar, and it could be better. Um, I think what they're doing is they're trying to create a, they are trying to create a vague storyline, right, for people to theorize about, which is why it's got me theorizing, <laughs> right. And you know, because there are things that don't make sense, right. And I don't, you know, show, I don't. I mean, I have faith. Maybe I'm just naive, but I have faith, you know, that the the showrunner, showrunners know what's going on and they're gonna it's gonna come to some kind of conclusion right and i have faith in that and i also have absolutely like i i read alien books and alien stories and the comics and everything and the games and the movies right and they're all about this kind of cloak and dagger stuff there's you're meant to have villains right that you love but you hate to love right they have they 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 have no like she is like jade is trying to have uh is trying to get you to sympathize with her right but she's doing these silly things right and i think at some point she's gonna and whether it go one way or the other or the other at some point there's gonna be a breaking point where it's gonna be like i've done all this stuff do i go full evil full albert wesker prime or do i go the other direction and depending on how it's written and 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 how it's acted and you know everything else depends if it's going to be a good moment but we'll see we'll see in the future if it if it gets another season <laughs> yeah yeah no, no and i i completely agree with basically everything you just said and i think it is possible we'll get there i um and i you know i hope we do um the um I think maybe as we mentioned in part one where because of the structure of the show and the jumping backwards and forwards that probably doesn't do it any favors for me like mm. if it was all set in the future I'd kind of buy into it a bit more and there'd just be time to do more things I don't know I, ju- I just yeah it's just to refer back to my point of yeah what I'm seeing I don't, I'm not seeing enough of you know what you're theorizing but I'm I'm on board with it I'm just like yeah that could happen uh, I don't think it's what the show runners are aiming for maybe they're listening and now they're like hey that's a bloody <laughs> good idea let's do Bring that I on. hope they are yeah need a job lads come on yeah um and just just as a just like an extra like kind of i i really felt like angel was such a useless character um him at the start of this episode going to wesker tell my father i'm sorry what it made no sense like it i didn't like angel he 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 intrigued me when he first came in and then he just became this non-useless character with useless theories i'll i'll get to mine about him towards the end but yeah i agree Interesting. Let's move uh, along because we definitely spent a lot of time yes. <laughs> talking around episode six. So uh, let's jump to episode seven, Parasite, long-awaited discussion on... This is basically the Lance Reddick super show, this episode, where he gets to act his face off uh, as Bert and also other Albert Weskers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steve, why don't you start us off? What did you like about episode seven? What didn't you like? Okay, for this show, I'll allow the contrivance that Wesker has his own little clone army uh, that he uses for R&D. 
if Capcom takes this as a, a get-out clause to figure out how to he dodges two rockets to the face in RE5 proper in the main games, I'm going to eat my hands. Like, yeah, I agree. I, I, that's I'm going to eat your hands too. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. In this show, right, in this particular context, I find it hilarious because there's some there's mental imaging of Wesker, Albert Wesker Prime. I don't know what else we're going to call him. Yeah. Like, progressively losing his mind and getting aggravated at the fact that he's got one clone who's a straight-faced nerd, another clone who seems to be another straight-faced nerd, and then one that is a complete seminal f**k-up with, like, <laughs> disheveled beard, just jarring out to music, like, how the hell did the gene pool go so far askew? And he's also absolutely hilarious. Like, I love the idea that Albert gets all... Well, Albert the clone gets all of Wesker's smarts, his, uh... I don't want to say cunning because he doesn't seem like really an evil conniving sort when you look at the full breadth of what he does but his smarts and his logic and then Bert is everything else like his mania <laughs> his uh, his psychosis I would dare say not his like ego because Bert seems actually kind of affable and caring about people I mean James said earlier that all Weskers care about self-preservation I don't think Bert does Genuinely. Interesting. Could be an interesting thing for season two, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I-, I love the idea that there is an, a version of Albert Wesker who's just a complete clump, like a complete donut. <laughs> it's it, there is something, something unbelievably magical. But also, clones suck. Like they are the easiest riot. They are the easiest get out clause of oh, they were all clones all along. And it just mm, no. It's it's. I think Marvel did it a lot. Like the whole Secret War stuff coming up. Uh, where if a character died in a previous comic, they brought him back, and because oh yeah, that one that really died, that was a scroll. Like it, it's such a retroactive retcon mm-hmm. stuff. It, it makes me sad and makes me upset. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, I just you kind of see it coming a mile off. So I find the explanation very boring. Oh, he cloned himself. That's it. That's the whole story. There was. Like, we've been spending the whole show going. But is he? He's not the same Wesker. But how is he? Is mm. he the same Wesker? What are they talking about? He died in two thousand nine. How is he still here? Oh, he cloned himself. That's it. That's as deep as it gets. You know, I don't think we. Was it Kels I, who uh, do said like in one of our uh, five things videos where they were talking about the image of what we we suspected was a tyrant at the time that might actually mm. be the OG RE five Wesker being rebuilt or something that would have been. More interesting to me than yeah, he cloned yeah. himself 452 times. That's what I was saying about with the whole Billy biting thing is like they're going to try and regrow her in a lab. I thought they might actually make a whole thing of it, but no, just we did some clones. We, we clones, they are cloned. And it's just like, I don't know, it's so obvious and so simple and just so blandly written. It's, I, I agree with you, Steve, in the sense that I suppose I can let it slide in this show. If it comes into the games, I'm not standing for that. Ugh. The fast aging thing makes it a little bit easier to take, but it's still just a big fat no for me. That being said, uh, yeah, it's a Bert's con- great. It, Reddick was great. Not not to like go too far into the weeds, but the concept of, for example, having a child to then sustain a Wesker, like it gives a bit of credence to because I mean we still don't know that much about Jake's mom. The idea that Jake Mueller, like RE6 Jake was actually a construct for Wesker to, like, say, you know, the serum in RE5, this is fully into the weed. Sorry, I'm going tin for that time. But <laughs> if Jake was actually made for that reason, to, like, make the serum mm. that keeps Wesker alive, that would have been a great kind of hook, and that's, like, the big reveal of Billy and Jade in this, to keep the clone alive. Mm. But, you know, clones in general, they, they, they dilute things and they make me very upset. And uh, yeah. I, 
can accept mass-produced tyrants. I can accept cloned hunters, but full-on people. Like, you saw how well it went with Carla in RE6. I'm like, mm. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't mind it so much when you're, like, cloning monsters and stuff like that. And uh, with things like... Uh, Sergei Vladimir is kind of oh, fine, whatever. It's sort of on the periphery. It's not a major part of the canon, thank goodness. But uh, it's just so cheap, isn't it? It's just so cheap. I don't really have many positives to say other than, well, hey, Reddick's great. Look, he even gets to dress up as classic Wesker. I thought it was really cool. Uh, I don't, other than that, this episode was a bit blah for me. I thought the Evelyn robot thing was... I mean, you know, I don't mind the dancing thing. But I just thought the concept was kind of stupid, the mind control. I thought that was uh, a fair fate, actually. Um, you know, because she's the one who puts forward that she wants to use Joy as a subliminal mind control thing. And the fact mm. that in the end, she falls victim to her own scheme by someone she was trying but, to hunt in mm. the past. Yeah. This is the only problem with the time jump thing, is I would like to have seen that play out. Mm. Yeah, that's you actually in my notes. get to see it play out, but now we already know it's kind of happening. It's sort of like, blah. Uh, Evil Billy, I think, continues to be incredibly contrived. Uh, The future storyline at this point has lost me completely, and I just think the whole thing's stupid. Uh, And I'm going to say it right now. Simon, for all of his inability to talk above 20 decibels, uh, he deserves better than this as a fate of a character. I think him, you know, him and Evelyn sort of continuing the Marcus name was actually quite an interesting and unexpected turn for them to take with Umbrella. Uh, if anything, you'd think they might go for a Spencer, but I thought, you know, Marcus, that's kind of interesting. We've got these different eras of Marcus, but uh, I don't know, I, w- I would have found it interesting, like a really cool turn late into the season. Not Evil Billy, but Evil Simon. I know he's been part of the Umbrella family, so he's kind of born into it. Maybe he's indoctrinated into it by a certain stage and you get sort of a reintroduction of Jade's childhood love interest if you want to call it that uh, as as sort of a member of Umbrella in the future but no he gets shot in the face it's like, yeah so episode 7 for me big fat stinker obviously I've made that, <laughs> made that clear I think but Olive Garden uh, James Olive Garden <laughs> yeah right, okay. I mean that scene's great in a vacuum alright just, just Lance Raddick playing an unhinged psychopath is great like I also love the nonchalantness of the information. Like the way he just throws out information in that seems very funny to me. <laughs> like they could have made it grand and epic about the ex- you're finally going to get all this information, but he's just like, "No, nah, yeah, we were clones, whatever." And he's just eating breadsticks. I was like, "Okay, that's very resident." <laughs> the evil. original Arthur West it's so good. died in a volcano. It's okay. It wasn't very nice. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, James, what did you think of episode seven? Episode seven is stronger than six. Um, yeah, true. F- for Absolutely. me. Um, and also, we're going to get into another theory, folks, so <laughs> buckle in. Um, and I, I, I don't think it's a... It's not... I don't think it's a new... I mean, I, I've... I kind of thought it, but I think there's been, like, murmurings of it online as well. Um, I think people have been going, oh, what if? Um, but I'm pretty sure these, these last two episodes proved that Evelyn, or Evelyn Marcus, is a clone. She's some kind of clone. And she has... Because um, she doesn't age a day. Just mm-hmm. just like the Weskers. And I'm going to go deeper into it, guys. Right? Because She's she made is... She's James. That's what it is. No, wait, wait. <laughs> it, potentially, right? Because she constantly, through the show, in these last three episodes, mentions that, um, that uh, uh, Albert needs her, that the kids need her. 
that Billy needs her. There is a bit at the end of this episode where um, where Billy, I think it's at the end of this episode or the next episode, I get, I get seven and eight mixed up quite a lot because not a lot happens in the future between these two episodes, I've noticed. Mm. Um, but she, like, there's a bit in episode eight, yeah, where Billy says basically she doesn't need Jade anymore, right? Because she's got someone else. And then before that, she had Evelyn, right? And Evelyn is constantly going that she has the answer to everybody's problems. Like, and my biggest kind of call with evidence to this is Bert. Bert, the king. Because, <laughs> like, we know that Wesker, like, Albert Wesker was, was there. He's a genius. And he was trying to keep himself alive with his kids, yada, yada, yada. Evelyn wasn't really super interested in that side of things. She was like, okay, this is just something so I can keep his genius, right? But she wouldn't have stole his the blood for Bert, right? Because then Albert would have known. So how was she keeping Bert alive? She was keeping Bert alive. I wondered that. She was keeping Bert mm. alive because she knows something, or she is the something, right, that these Weskers need. Right? There's something in her blood um, going way back to the Marcuses. I mean, it, this was foreshadowed in episode one, where she says, like, the old days. You know, she's constantly going back and constantly saying, talking about the past and constantly talking about how she has something that nobody else has. Um, yeah, so I just think that's, you know, either she is an Evelyn Marcus who grew up in 1998 Raccoon City, right? Or she is uh, uh, an upgrade or she is a clone, right, of some kind. And they already, she'd already figured out with Marcus's um, Mark, Marcus's plans. Maybe the leech people, Steve. Maybe. Um, look, look, I'm all I'm saying is, it would be absolutely madtastic if, in the main franchise, the Queen Leech survives the training facility exploding by like a bit, and mm. then she she takes twenty friggin' however many years to become another person, and like, I'm not gonna be daddy. I'm gonna just be myself. And that's cool. An absolute yeah. mad woman who, strangely, these leeches have a thing about the bottom line and the money. You know, I also. But, it's it's wacky pseudoscience madness. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 Resident Evil, isn't it? Like I true with her, I truly got a sense. Like Paula Nunez does such a good job with this character, and every time she was on screen, I just couldn't stop staring at her. Like because mm. I mean, one she's drop dead. Like she is amazing to look at, but also she acts really well, right? And she has she gives off that air of just a mad, like corporate like greedy monster and it was great to see yeah. um and then when like i just i thought it was that dancing was so funny because it's like oh wow and like you say i want to know okay how the hell did billy do this mm. but then we're told this is kind of the weak part because then which literally i think it was in the last scene before that scene like we get transported back to 2030 where jaden and rita are uh fixing um, a lizard with di- with, with uh, electrodes and they're sending it to sleep you know and then she says Jade says oh this is I can do this but my sister this is more my sister's work she normally deals in this kind of stuff right when, when did we ever get any of that in the show I never got any of that like Billy was just this person who was just very upset all the time and got bit like <laughs> the same I never... Billy who's Peter like you know Animal activist, uh, right. vegan, is experimenting on animals. I mean, right. I thought that was really mm. weak. 
Um, I yeah, know that, was a, so that, was, that was a super weak point. Like it's I got like that script could have done with a little more lip fat, <laughs> isn't it? It's like, um, and, and James, I take your point that you know maybe there's a theory to be had in Bert somehow being okay and not needing these injections, and maybe it's coming from somewhere else, or maybe they just didn't even realise that it was a big fat pot, plot hole. You know, that's well, the, probably the, the actual reality of it. But well, the thing is, is that we know we know. Well, I mean, if we go by my theory, that is, we we can uh, we can theorize that Bert is their new father and we know that he sure. dies and we know that he's a psycho so he's going to run out of his meds whatever he needed he's going to run out of and he's going to go completely psychotic um which is why he died and we don't know how he died I would have loved to have known that information but we didn't get that mm-hmm. um yeah and the I mean I can keep cuz there were something other things like the umbrella outfits for the soldiers in the future look really trash but in the past they look great like in it's in the, the past the riffing on USS, aren't they? Like, you know, honking yeah. that lot. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. they look good, but in the future they just look what is this fascination? I mean, I, if you look at US Army, right, or UK Army, whatever army, you look back from twenty years ago to now, you will not see much difference in terms of how they're dressed. You will not see much difference. Right? They look almost exactly the same. They might have a little bit more or a little bit less. Right? But they, stop doing this. Stop trying to dress up your soldiers to look futuristic. It's really silly. If you're going to um, go futuristic, go all the way and go for Mjolnir armor or something. You know, proper yeah. sci-fi crazy stuff. Not yeah, go wild. Not armor from the, like, the 90s. I'm going yeah, I'm I'm to be honest. The, the outfits... And, you know, I have a super huge respect for the cosplay community, but the outfits look like somebody had just, like, got a bunch of PVA foam and had just built these 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 yeah, suits sure. from them. And it looked really crap. Um, and then, I mean, to end on something positive, because you know me, I always like to end on something positive with these kind of things. So we were talking about recently, uh, the forerunner, uh, the showrunner of the show said that they're very interested in bringing Lady, Lady Dimitrescu into the franchise at some point and i just want to bring everybody's point uh 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 uh, like eyes to the glaring vampiricness of this show like it is everywhere you know albert (laughs) wesker is constantly Mm. stealing blood people are stealing blood everywhere they're messing with blood all the time there's connections here exactly there's there's (laughs) (laughs) there's connections here Mm. which could bring a potential future edition of lady dimitrescu to the tv franchise interesting Uh, Kelsey, what did you make of episode 7? So, I might surprise some people with my opinions on this one. Um, I largely agree with a lot of what's been said, but I've definitely got some of my own thoughts too. Uh, The cold open, the opening sequence, the opening scene, this is more like it for me. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) the opening shot of the Arclay Mountains, I was just like, yes. I screamed. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. So good. Now, clones, I completely agree, Steve. Yes, it's ridiculous. I never want it in the games, but I'd accepted that this is the route the show was going. So it's like, yep, it's bonkers. It's also completely jarring in context with the previous five hours that tried to be mega serious. And now here we are with video game Wesker and this huge injection of Resident Evil arrives and you're just kind of darting around going, what? clones ow Bert like oh Lance Reddick he's just killing it and like yeah this is the this is nuts it was engaging for just how insane it was it was and you know there's a lot to be argued that if the show had gone with this tone from episode one it would have been an absolute blast from start to finish and I'm all I love the opening scene and apart from the the super fast Wesker effects was mega ropey but I'm letting that slide um 
so yeah, loved the opening scene. Big fan of that. Uh, I felt like applauding after it finished, but anyway. <laughs> um, so the 2022 timeline, um, but I mean, he has his time to shine in this episode. And again, I get the tone is a bit jarring because of everything that came before. But for me, the levity that he brings to this show, which was just so desperately in need of levity, like seeing him kind of badly try to trick the girls was really funny. And, you know, (laughs) where it's been a struggle to like the characters, as I've kept mentioning, I'm instantly sympathetic with Bert, despite his, you know, psychotic nature that has been touched on. This is the thing. He is potentially a good bad guy because he's been locked up and you know experimented on he's never experienced unlimited breadsticks and like (laughs) i'm not gonna call his character a stroke of genius but he's definitely one of the better written on the show and the performance is really really good his fight scene was the icing on the cake the way he's (laughs) just kind of punching people and smiling say the line yeah (laughs) i didn't want clones but i've got you know we've got them and i'm kind of along for the ride um Mm. so yeah the um i I really really liked that the scene uh i thought the scene where it's revealed that you know wesker has been using his own daughter's blood was really good where they're all in there while he's you know on the floor and stuff it was really kind of sad and visually Mm. bonkers and yeah big ticks over that scene i thought the performances were really good as well you know because they're seeing him do that for the first time and it's it is nuts but yeah, I thought it was kind of executed really well. Um, other thoughts that I have? Uh, wait, some more time being spent with a head. Not only was it the key to the future, but now it has a tracking device in it. It's like, yeah, what will it do next? Um, <laughs> the Evelyn dance scene. So I'm going to talk about that as well. I'm glad that uh, uh, BB Mac was in the chat because I know that he is a big fan of this scene as well. Uh, it's a hugely strong moment in the show for me. And I mentioned in part one how it's sad to see people using it out of context as a criticism because in context it makes sense. It's funny and dark. It's kind of unsettling to see the main Mm. villain suddenly be this puppet. It's also shot really well. Like that first Mm. close-up of her where her head pops up is, is awesome. And it's intriguing to see how she got there. But I do agree. I would have liked to have seen how we got there rather than it being spoiled. But... Her performance was just so good that, you know, she deserves praise. And even Amelia's, sure. uh, it is Amelia, isn't it? Her reaction to to it, I thought was nailed. She's got this like utter look of confusion on her face. And so, although unexpected, I was a big fan of that. Um, and yeah, that's it. That There was a lot I really enjoyed in this episode. I mean, future Billy, as we mentioned, her plan is kind of fine in context of the show, but this, I need your blood to stabilize the en- enzymes and control the zeros. I just start to fall asleep when I hear that stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, not a fan of that at all. Um, and we start to see the horde of zombies as well. Not crazy about that. But I, th- I really think... But is a turning point for the show. Uh, the tone is completely in contradiction with everything that came before it. But this episode gave me a lot of what I would have liked from a Resident Evil series. I didn't want to clone specifically, but I thought what they did with this episode, yeah, it got me back on board, and I was ready, ready for episode eight. And now, reading the file regarding the mutant organism from Resident Evil Five, BB Mac. You can follow on Twitter at BB underscore Mac. May 6th. A fire broke out during the test for loading Uroboros virus onto the missiles. This required a temporary level 4 quarantine for the immediate area. May 11th. 
It's been five days since the area was put under quarantine. There have been reports of an animal undergoing a strange and rapid mutation. Eyewitness accounts indicate the creature possesses a very hard epidermis. No viral cysts related to Ouroboros have been reported, however. I speculate that we are dealing with something that has been influenced by the Ouroboros virus. A rare occurrence, to be sure. Perhaps tomorrow I will put together an investigation team to procure a sample specimen. May 12th. I sent a lightly armed team to investigate the sightings of this strange creature. Unfortunately, another team had to be deployed to retrieve the corpses of the first team, which had been dismembered by something extremely sharp. There were also multiple stab wounds that appeared to be made by a giant spear. Trace amounts of a peculiar chemical substance were detected on the eyes of some of the corpses. What kind of mutant organism we are dealing with is still unknown at this time. According to the initial investigation, we could be dealing with a new type of BOW. Based on the creature's style of attack, I have co-named it Reaper for the time being. Of course, more data on this creature is still required before a thorough analysis can be submitted. We may as well jump straight into the finale, Revelations, episode 8. Um, I will quickly say my positives. I'm going to say my negatives as we go along where appropriate, I suppose. I've got some big stuff to dig into and some, some real questions, so I'll be interested to see if anyone can actually answer. But in terms of the positives, I have to say, unfortunately, I've really only got three notes here. Um, first of all, and we mentioned this on the previous podcast a little bit, the alligator CGI... Chef's kiss. It's incredible. Oh yeah, so good, just amazing. Every time it's on screen, I was almost watching and waiting for it to have a moment where you go, ah, that's not so good. It never does. It's superb. So well done on that front. Um, also, it's tied to one of my favourite shots in the entire series, which is you kind of like zoom in on the gator's eye, uh, and then we time jump back to the present day, and it's the crystal ball that's on. Uh, somebody's desk which I thought oh, that's nice I like that that was cool uh, and yeah Bert was great if we ever get season 2 I'm just really excited to see more of Bert basically <laughs> <laughs> um, James why don't you kick us off with your thoughts on episode 8 what did you like what did you not okay I mean same as you the alligator oh man it was so good looking it just made me like it made me go oh why couldn't we have gotten that with like the dog etc as well as a, as an mm. intro but i mean we've already spoken about that but that freaking animal is so good to look at i like you i was like looking at every but there's a there's a scene there's like a zoom out scene where there's a bunch of dust like because it's thrashing everywhere so there's going to be yeah. mud and dust in there and it like they even factored in like all the swells of the dust around it it was so good like mm. I just yeah I was blown away by that thing it was it was so good um this episode kind of lo- it kind of loses me a little bit but also there's uh, again these last three episodes I'm gonna go theory watch here um so umbrella um Simon says something uh th- this is when they're having like a little tiff on the phone when Evelyn is having a tiff about well it's not really a tiff is it she's poisoning her wife. Um, and Simon realizes that, and then everything's going to crap, and then Evelyn says, this company was stolen from your grandfather. Um, and then I had a little bit of a look, and, like, 
going by what they've actually they've shown in the mm-hmm. show, um, Umbrella isn't really like this big. They they're still keeping their their nose down, right? But Umbrella is actually just a, like an, a a military like contract like contractor for drugs and stuff and they put it out that's why we get all these little uh screenshots of different places at the beginning because they're probably using subsidiaries right of uh of places of organizations sorry Mm. so you know that it may you know because me i I like that that's probably one of my biggest uh hang-ups about this show is that the kind of umbrella doesn't really work but i also understand why they chose umbrella um but yeah i think that she basically relaunched umbrella or she like it was always there, like under the surface. But mm. she came in and then became and made it this successful corporation again. Yeah, I think um, that they obviously mentioned like the stock market thing briefly, don't they? And kind of like the backlash from yeah. the Raccoon City incident, even though it was covered up. They definitely make some kind of allusions to the fact that the company has stumbled in the past. So I can sort of believe that she's been the person to sort of spearhead the new direction, as it were. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so like it kind of it 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 makes it more believable to me as a viewer. Um, we also in this show hear the Z word for the first time, zombie, because oh, <laughs> Simon says it in reference to a mother. Um, it's kind of weird. It's kind of wild, isn't it, that they just didn't use it at all and then use it like once on the phone. It was very strange. Um, yeah, just, never, anno- it, sorry, it really annoys me because that means that word exists in their yeah. dictionary. So why don't they use it when it's relevant? Uh, sorry, <laughs> no, no, you're completely right. Um, <laughs> and I think I think one of the strongest parts of this episode, again, but you know, um, other than the end, because the end of this this episode is peak for me. It's really good, um, but. It's Bert. Every scene with Bert in it, like there's one thing he's he's <laughs> speaking to the kids, and he says, and this is when they're trying to get, uh, I think they're trying to get uh, Albert out, and he says, "I'm not saying he was, I'm not saying he was right or even good. Maybe life is just a bunch of accidents, but it's mm. a messed up kind of love, you mm. know." And it's like, Bert, you just came out with that. I can't believe it, and now I'm crying again, you know. It's like, <laughs> and then after that, when they find Albert, he's in the room, and there's this like really heartwarming about six, seven seconds of them all just looking at each other. And Bert goes, "Hey, bro," and has this like smile on his face, right? And then and then it pans over to Albert Wesker, and he has this f- smile on his face, and it's like so cute, right? It's so <laughs> adorable. I loved it. Um, and then, uh, shortly after that, we get uh, like the the Simon being uh, Simon being a hero and then being punished for it. Uh, the only time he's really been a hero, other than being Hacker Man. Um, <laughs> and we also hear Evelyn again saying the final thing that made like that. This is what made me go. It's got to be. It's, she's got to be a clone. She's got to have something more here because she says none of you would be alive without me. She shouts it. Like before killing Simon, um, and it made me go right. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's like she's. There's something much deeper there. I mean, when you think um, about it, she's right though. I mean, assuming Simon's her, you know, she gave birth to, and then she let Albert mm. and Bert live, and then Albert lets Jade and Billy get made. She's technically the linchpin of the whole thing. Yeah, I, it's just, you know, rather than just being her, you know, I mean, clearly she's arrogant, you know, but oh, yeah. I think that 
I think there's way more there. Um, I, I wish to believe. We also see a crocodile. I've never seen a crocodile pancake before. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when, uh, you know how cats just pancake, they just like loaf down. Um, yeah. When, uh, when B is like, look, and this is again, plus one to my B is an E yeah. is going to be evil. Like she, she just, and the, the crocodile just like, just pancakes right in front of her. I'm like, oh, are they going to play catch next? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> um, you know, I want that to happen. And then they rudely, though I get it because we always need a rocket launch to kill the bad guy at the end. They rudely killed this crocodile with a rocket launcher. I was very sad about that. I wanted to see where it would go next. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there are a lot of lines in it, in, in this final episode that, that, uh, that I really connected to in terms of the story, like Billy saying, I'm the future, which is a Wesker thing to say. It's such a Wesker mm-hmm. thing to say. And, um, she says, I don't need you anymore because now she's got B and then she shoots her in the stomach. Like, again, you've seen these Wesker tendencies. Um, yeah, and then there's the end, which is I think is the highest point of this episode because we see the escape, um, Albert Wesker being a hero. Um, then there's, like, the, the really tense moment with Jade and Billy. Like, you and me, right? You and me? And, like, no. Because then moments before that, we heard Jade say, basically, that Billy had lost her mind that night um and i want to bring everyone's attention as well to episodes ago i think it's like episode three or four billy says to jade i mean this is no excuse but billy says to jade if i ever go crazy again you 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 go you leave me leave me you go Mm -hmm. like she says something like that and she did (laughs) (laughs) she did as she was told i mean she didn't really need much you know convincing um, and then to end it all, we got uh, "When I Was Older" by Billie Eilish, like a perfect. <laughs> Sorry, for me, no, for me, it was a perfect end to the show because the lyrics of that show really like connected to the the episode itself and what was happening, uh, just as like oxytocin did at the beginning. Um, yeah, I I I did like I thought out of the last three episodes, this is my second favorite. Uh, sorry, the last four. This is my second favorite, but I see a lot of good in it. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, Steve, what are your highlights and lowlights of this one? My, my lowlights, let's start there, shall we? Uh, the big disconnect for me is trying to root for Billy to be okay, despite having like you know hallucinations and stuff in the past, but at the same token, kind of hoping she dies in the future. <laughs> you know, it's, sure, hard, yeah, yeah. it's hard to say, I want this character to live, but also I want them to die. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, see that. And uh, it's a similar issue for Jade in that, um, yeah, they're fine either way, I guess. Uh, okay, cool. I actually feel bad for Simon because he actually has that real big moment with, you know, Evelyn in this episode. Where, like, she's a f- zombie. In that he actually gets to emote and is rightfully upset about his mum dosing his other mum and the fact that she's cut her entire hand open and she's oblivious to it. And then properly, having had an ounce of character development beyond, I like this pretty girl who I'm hacking for, dying. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally it, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, it's it's a bit bizarre. We have, obviously, we've got the tyrant reveal, or we say tyrant reveal. Part of me says, is that meant to be, you know, Angel, Angel Rubio in that tank? Oh, good point. To get a bit, I mean, they don't kill him, they leave him tied down. 
you know, the, oh, the, the three times theory, the least. That's my Steve. Yeah, sorry. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. No, no, it's fine. I'm glad I'm yeah, not alone that's... in that. Yeah, the three really times the lethal yes. limit of joy. Yeah. Mm. I think the scenes for me still are, like like James said earlier, where they all reunite and Bert and Albert lock eyes and it's like, hey, bro, and Albert's just glad to see his brother again and out, uh, despite the fact, probably not knowing quite how desperately violent Bert can be. Uh, I mean, we haven't really touched on the fact that he, he, he murdered two guys without much of an effort and got a shame to go see his, his uh, nieces, but yeah. Mm. Overall, though, like, in the future stuff, I just don't care. I just can't bring myself to care. Like, Jade's partner gets his legs messed up. She she gets a child kidnapped, and she gets shot by her own sister, and I'm just like, can we get back to the past, please? And that's, mm. that's, not, a, that's not a ring endorsement for me. I think... Generally, this show should have been one of the two, not both. And this episode accentuates it because we've got cliffhangers all across the place from both timelines, and yeah. they don't resonate strongly enough for me as a result. Like, the, the I Have a Pen line made me laugh because in my head it was followed up by I Have a Pineapple. <laughs> but that's, that's an entirely different that's a Steve problem, that is. Uh, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> right. That's fantastic. That's in my head now. Yeah, I, I genuinely... I... I genuinely hope that Albert survives. Uh, I know we're all thinking he's dead, but I genuinely hope mm. he survives. I want to see, if we do get a season two, I want to see just how unhinged Evelyn is, because now she literally has destroyed the one thing she was probably working towards in the giving Simon a future, but realising that if she had let Albert save him, it would be giving Albert leverage against her, which she's a corporate businesswoman, wouldn't allow, and therefore shot her own son in the face and then mentally snapped. Mm. It was uh, pretty good. I thought the acting in that scene, in particular the, 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 the general energy of shock she had having just blasted her own son in the face to basically not let someone gain ground on her. Pretty good. Her just standing there was pretty powerful, just doing nothing, just standing. It is a shame mm. that, I mean, as much as we understand the context of the scene and we're not like one of these internet reactionist types who are really upset by it, the dance scene was the previous episode, though. So it kind of... It kind of damages character development mm. yeah you've touched a bunch of things there that I definitely have some thoughts on certainly I think I agree with you in the sense that now that Evelyn doesn't have Simon I would expect that season 2 her story is about basically causing the outbreak I think yeah now that the, there's potential dirt on her even though she's kind of killed it off with her son I think she's got nothing left to lose she may well be the person that kind of triggers the apocalypse in this universe mm. uh, personally um, but the problem with some of this episode is that you kind of have no stakes in some of the characters. Like you were saying about Billy, you know, you want her to survive in one timeline and die in the other. I had no stakes in Evelyn or Albert dying, particularly because I kind of figured they were going to be in the future. We see Evelyn and it's kind of whether or not she's talking about Bert, there's definitely a line where it's implied that dad, quote unquote, dad dies later in the story. She might be talking about Bert. She might be talking about Albert, Albert surviving the explosion. Um, the tyrant for me, my I, my assumption actually, I'm quite surprised to hear you guys say that. My assumption was that it's uh, Albie, the uh, the other Wesker clone that got shot in the head. He got scooped up uh. by Umbrella USS when they come in, and they just pump him full of drugs and put him in a big tube, uh, and then just play around with him for the next twenty years or whatever it is. Um, so it does but, seem to know. look a bit like Lance Reddick, but it's doesn't hard, it? Yeah, it's hard to make out. I've looked at it a few times, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not against that theory. Uh, but it doesn't. To me, it doesn't really matter who it is. I'm just offended by what they did with it. They went, "Here's the tyrant." Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
That's it. Oh, he's dead. They like, did, they did should, a turtles just... with it. Literally, like Shredder puts his hand up at the end of the movie. Yeah, his hand does yeah. go through the rubble. Yeah. You 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 see that the tyrant's under the rubble somewhere. Sure, I guess we'll get that. But you, I just felt like it was pointless to show it at all. There, more than anything else, there was enough going on anyway. Like with the bat, with the gator, and sort of Evelyn losing her mind, and so I was like, it seemed kind of superfluous, but also stupid. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I got some big plot issues with this episode. Um, in that Wesker says to his little group that are trying to get out of the lab, she won't stop. The problem is. Just moments earlier, they're all standing around in silence after she shot Simon. Uh, They've taken out all these faceless guards, these goons. Uh, Wesker and Bert have killed them all. Why don't they just shoot Evelyn? That would stop her. Put a bullet right through her head. She's standing right next to you. Nobody's going to stop you. But you didn't do that, so now she's scary again, apparently. So you see, it's because, Si, if they shoot her, she turns into the leech man form, and then it's a pain in the arse without any martyrs. No, they didn't do it because they needed her. For? They needed her because she's she's got something on them. Like, she says it. I've I've said this. Mm, Yeah, okay. I don't know. This is one too many, like, conveniences like that for me where it's like... It's kind of like, yeah, we, we might have something for that, but we might not because there's a whole bunch of stuff that just doesn't make sense. This episode, let me see if I've understood this correctly. So the university, the boat, uh, has an alligator tied up underneath it. So they let the, gear, the gator go basically to distract Umbrella so they don't nuke the boat and the boat can get away. Jade gets back to the boat, realises she's rather stupidly told her child to leave the boat, thinks, right, I'll get off the boat, back to the shoreline to find my child. So they leave the university, come back to dry land to look for the kid. Why did you need the alligator then? Like, the boat has not gone that far. The alligator has not distracted them from the boat. If you can get from the boat to the shoreline on a little paddle boat or whatever you used... The The alligator destroyed their boat boat, as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. But the main university hasn't gone that far. They're in a helicopter with a nuke. Like, all they have to do is turn around and be like, there's the boat, it's leaving, better, better shoot at it. I don't see how the alligator is a distraction. Yeah, they use a nuke on it, but you're telling me that helicopter has one missile on it? I don't think so. So it's a convenience of time that they manage to get back to the boat and then from the boat back to the shoreline in all of that mania. But there you go. This is, this is, this is a <sighs> monster that killed three drones. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe maybe it was because like that ship may have had crucial information that she needed. Like but they have a lab on. Isn't there. the point? They let the alligator off to stop them from nuking the boat because they'll be too distracted by the alligator. That's that's right. what I that's what I understood. I could be well be barking up the wrong tree at this point with the future timeline. I was unfortunately I hate to say it completely checked out. Honestly, by this point, I saw a crocodile, alligator, and I was just—I didn't care about plot. I saw a huge CGI, amazing-looking <laughs> yeah. crocodile, yeah. alligator, and my mind checked out. Yeah, <laughs> I was enjoying that bit too, and then until I realised that it didn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, Resident Evil, <laughs> maybe <laughs> terrible TV. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, the finale of the show? So. There's a saying in wrestling, and we all know everything is wrestling, right? And the That's saying right. is, always send them home happy. Uh, <laughs> if you do that, you can be forgiving of any issues along the way. Uh, this show does not send me home happy, uh, mm. and I'm still angry about it three weeks later. And I do have some good stuff to say. I'm just going to quickly get my gripes out of the way first. So 
Here we are at the end, two timelines of story that we've been juggling, dragged backwards and forwards. Um, surely we're going to get a nice little bow on the end to at least reward us for sticking with it for like seven plus hours. But no, what we get is like three cliffhangers. Uh, we get no reflection, no resolution in either timeline. Uh, we just kind of get the journey continues, tune in next season, which might not happen uh, for... And for a show which is like based on conspiracy and mystery that it tries to be, to end with a cliff with the cliffhangers that it does, is kind of not only arrogant but to me is really disrespectful to people who've invested in the show. And I think it's been established in TV for a long time that you can't do this anymore because there's so much TV out there, and to not give a resolution is, yeah, it's kind of criminal. So you know the show basically talks about the outbreak, and it hints at the outbreak, you know, this entire time, and then you never mm. see it. Mm. Uh, Jade is just left with a bullet, you know, left on the floor. That's a cliffhanger. Oh, is she? I mean, you know, we can all assume, oh, well, she's not going to die. But we don't know. It's an it's a purposeful cliffhanger. Then the tyrant as well. They show the tyrant and they do nothing with the tyrant. And I guess you can kind of forgive one of them as being like a tag, like the tyrant maybe, but not resolving those main stories <clears throat> and le- specifically leading the character bleeding out with a bullet. This is like, you know, in movies where it sort of zooms into the character's mind and you see them doing stuff, you know, that's really horrible that they shouldn't be doing. I went into my mind and saw me like throw my TV out the window and then came back to reality. And luckily I hadn't done that because I was so <laughs> annoyed at the show for not giving me resolution. You know, the, the, the 2022 timeline is kind of the closest you get to resolution, but there's still lots of questions like did their dad actually die you know we never saw a body so i'm considering that a cliffhanger as well Mm. um but that aside i thought you know you mentioned the crocodile and stuff incredibly well done love that um the lab escape sequence and that kind of couple of scenes or whatever it was i thought that was really good and that felt very kind of classic end of resident evil and so all this lead up to the annoying cliffhangers get out of the lab before you know everything goes to hell type deal escape Bert's monologue, which uh, James touched on, I think that was one of the better written bits of dialogue in the entire show. Absolutely love that. Great character stuff. See the best in people and stuff. That's what he's trying to kind of put forward despite him himself being abused. And that just made me enamored with Bert even more. Absolutely love him as a character. Um, the Simon stuff, it's... I really liked because obviously you know we thought he was despite our criticisms of him we all kind of feel he was maybe done dirty at the end but you know it's 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 a character point for Evelyn and I think in this moment it's totally cutthroat but it's not unapologetic because you know she doesn't shoot him and like shrug her shoulders she's like horrified with what she just had to do and she's putting her legacy kind of above even her own son and she made this choice in that moment and I think she might have regretted that choice. And it's an absolutely crazy moment in the finale. I don't think anyone really saw it coming. Um, and I liked it. <laughs> so there's a lot, there are, there is lots of stuff to like in it. And, you know, there's the zombie horde. I'm not crazy about, I keep banging on about the zombie horde, but, you know, I'll let all that slide with some of the nice character bits that I liked. It's just by the time we get to the end, yeah, I was frustrated with the future stuff and for it to not kind of go anywhere and just end on a cliffhanger yeah really really not happy about that and i won't go on anymore i think 
I think I think you've all kind of covered it. And I just want to back up James on the on the Billie Eilish song. Like I'm not really a Billie Eilish fan. I thought the song was superb. I thought the lyrics went really well with what was being shown on screen. You know, if a little bit on the nose, but I really liked it and I liked that song as well. Just really, really pissed off with the cliffhangers, to be honest. Um, and it's a shame because episode seven, as I've said, I had a blast with. And then episode eight sort of kind of brought me crashing back down towards the very, very end, which is a shame. Um, so not completely devoid of, of positives, but yeah, can't forgive the ending, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um we will get to our own conclusions shortly. I did want to open the floor a little bit for just a just a brief thoughts perhaps on the general reception to the show without being necessarily too extreme about, you know, the, the general there's a lot of different opinions out there, let's put it that way. Mm. Um and you know, the large majority of them are valid. If you love this show, that's awesome. If you dislike it, for legitimate reasons, that's cool too. And there's obviously a lot of people out there who hate it for illegitimate reasons. You may or may not want to touch on that in your thought. I'll leave it basically up to you guys. But what do you think, you know, what have you made of the reaction to this show within the Resident Evil community? Uh, Kelsey, I'm going to kick it back to you first. You know, what, Have you tried to keep away from the, to- the topic or...? Yeah, it's you know I see it, I see it all. I you know I see a lot online. I also read read reviews from like trusted critics and stuff like that. I mean, in the fandom, it's funny. Like I think generally the reaction seems to be, it's some of it's bad and some of it's good. It's mm. not, you know, there's there's been some obviously some ridiculous vitriol, which you know is kind of obvious. And you know, you mentioned legitimate reasons for not liking stuff. That's fine, but there's plenty plenty of non-legitimate reasons to criticize it, which people have been putting forward and i'm not going to give them the time of day but the the um yeah there's there's been you know it's a resident evil thing this is what happens when (laughs) these things come out um i've often found myself uh generally not in line with you know the the sort of overwhelming view but this time i felt maybe more in line with it i i think the reaction has been very mixed and the show is very mixed um so it's probably accurate yeah and it's 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 not um I've definitely seen some negativity negativity that I don't like. I just try not to dwell on it. I try to stick to, yeah. you know, what I think we do best, which is try to be objective. And I know I'm sat here saying things like, oh, this is nonsense and this is rubbish. But this <laughs> is in the context of the podcast everyone listens to. We're very clear that, yeah, this just it's just my opinion. <laughs> it's just, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm passionate about it, just as passionate as other people. Um, yeah. So I shouldn't have to explain that every time I give an opinion. And I hope that's clear. Um, right. Yeah. I think... It, yeah that's when it comes to speaking online you're right like there's a big difference between stating an opinion and a lot of people out there who just try and speak for everyone which yeah. is obviously the main problem and even though uh i have plenty of issues about this show and i'll try and sum some stuff up in the conclusion um i don't like seeing anyone being like nobody wanted this this is nobody's favorite no. nobody <laughs> likes the, all that stuff just winds me up personally yeah. Um, Steve, what have you made of the community reaction to the show? Oh boy, that's playing with a time that might stick. Um, <laughs> right, yeah, I mean, cautiously. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I feel people need to chill the f*** out. Really, <laughs> seriously. Like, in, in, a, in a nutshell, like, people are getting incredibly hateful and spiteful to one another over a Netflix tie-in show because it's not based on the games. 
Yeah, no, I didn't have as well. I didn't have high hopes for this show. I want to be real. Like when I saw that it was going to be a live action show and Jade and Billy Wesker and stuff, I was like, oh, I don't get my Castlevania anime, but Resident Evil version. And it yeah, got me. Sure. It made me sad, right? Because I mean, that show is made with love, care, and attention to the law, even if it's doing its own thing in places, right? This is just another Elseworlds tale. It's just fiction using stuff to riff on what we know. It is not a a slight. It's not like going out its way to harm or destroy people. And yet people are acting like it's burning the entire franchise down. They're like tearing into each other and saying, you must like this or you must hate this. And like, man, just make up your own opinion. Like, <laughs> if you don't want to watch it, don't. We read the treatment and I was half asleep. Right. Half this entire show I was asleep. There is, <laughs> there is, there is no need... There is literally no need to get so bent out of shape over it. It's just another Elseworlds tale. Like, if it was mainline canon, then sure, we'd probably be clutching a few pearls and, like, you know, biting our, biting our nails and stuff. No, in this case, it's just something else. What we got out of it was Lance Reddick proving that if they ever remake the original, it, get him in. Yeah. <laughs> what, we, what we got was some villains who were a bit more complex than the usual burn the entire world down for lols. <laughs> and some teenage stuff that yeah. was mid, and a future protagonist who was enthralling. <laughs> and a future protagonist straight out of the Anderson verse for the Anderson fans. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, future Billy is totally out there hanging around with like Dr. Isaacs and that version of Wesker. <laughs> totally sure. easy. You know, there's, yeah. there's bits for everybody in this, but taking it seriously and like p- getting vitriolic online and hate towards the actors, especially. Not cool. What's the point? Anyway, yes, so, I mean, yeah, we don't need to get back into that after Welcome to Reckoned. No. Why is, that should not be a thing. Hundred percent. I apologise for all the swearing. So I'll just sum up in some very simple world words. Chill the f- out. <laughs> Seven bleeps. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Seven bleeps. Seven bleeps are all I can afford to spare this time. Uh, James, what's been your take on uh, the community's reaction to this, especially as someone that probably took to the show more than at least, you know, us, the rest of us on the panel? Yeah. Um, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Oh, yeah, I understand that. I'm disappointed in the the RA community, and I've said this before, um, and it seems to be a... I know it's not unique within the RA community, but it's very indicative of the RA community to cancel something before it's had legs. Um, I just don't think the the show deserved what it got from the community. Mm. Um, it deserved a little bit more. I mean, we've just spoke for almost two hours about, well, now four almost hours, four, four and a half four, hours, four. right, about this show. We have a lot to say about it, right? But when you get, you know... You just your average Tom, Dick, and Harry say it bad. Don't watch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, that's not really an informed opinion, is it? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I will only listen to it. Exactly, I will only listen to constructive, informed opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I mean, if you don't, you know, and I have a healthy respect for everything. You know, I think in the Ari community uh, as a whole. Um, a lot of folks don't have a healthy respect uh, for really much at all, mm-hmm. really. Um, it's, it's And it's been hard. Like, I mean, I uh, as long as other people, I've been under fire from folks, you know, and I've also had conversations with normal human beings about it. Oh, yeah, I didn't like this. Yeah, that's fair. You know, 
because mm-hmm. I'm a normal human being and there are people out there, but man, the the low the you know the dregs have been very loud um, out there about this show and I, yeah I, it doesn't deserve it i could go on and on but i just don't think the show deserved any of this um yeah i, I think i mean to sum it up i think we may have mentioned this on the first episode i think you brought it up but the fact that it was like you know two hours it was out and it was getting review bombed you know it's just it's unacceptable it says like, it all it's just stupid yeah like it's the thing the thing is it's like you know for me you know and again it's opinion right and people can disagree with my opinion and that's completely okay but for me it had a lot of ingredients in it that were very resident evil mm-hmm. right it had a lot of resi in it right and it was a new take on it and listen guys you can do whatever you want like you can bring you can remake the game right and I'm, I, I we've said it until it, we're blue in the face but you could just play the game all the games yeah. Yeah. right but you yeah. could remake the game, right? But I am a hundred percent sure that there would be a problem with it within this community. There always will be, you know. Yeah, I just the thing is that uh, Steve brought up Castlevania earlier on. Like Castlevania works because it hasn't really, unfortunately, hasn't been a Castlevania mainline title for a, a long time. No, there hasn't. Like, and like, which means people in the Castlevania community were like, yes, want it. And it was also supremely done and so well done, right? Whereas with Resident Evil, we're so spoiled. We got all yeah, this stuff coming sure. our way, right? And we're so spoiled with it, right? That we can, we're like babies throwing out toys from our pram. Like, oh, I don't want that. I only want this toy. This toy's the one I want, mm-hmm. you know? Um, instead of just enjoying it all, which I think is why like First Day Spray works so well, is because we do enjoy certain aspects of everything in Resident think- Evil. I think the important distinction is, and hopefully this comes across in the right way, is, and we always say these exact words every time, Resident Evil is different things, different people. Yeah. You don't have to like all those things, yep. but you should embrace the fact that that is the case. You know, just that is the, the way it is, and no amount of pissing and moaning about it is going to change the fact that Resident yeah. Evil is as wide as it wants to be. All you're really doing is upsetting yourself when you get so wound up about it. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, I, I said it last time as well, and I bears repeating again. Like, in a year's time, this show's going to go up in ratings and people are going to yeah. go, oh, man, I wish... I, I agree. Oh, I wish... I mean, that think about this the Anderson films two. for a second. Like, yep. they, they, they are mostly... I'll catch all of it here, but they're mostly reviled by the, uh, the game-playing portion of the community. Yeah? Not mm. always, yep. but often. Right, but they, they tend to make a shed load of money and they get watched watched by a load of people. Now, this has already been watched by a load of people. We know the Netflix figures is always trending in like top three. I don't know if that makes much money, but uh, it's it's got critical acclaim. There are going to be people out there who appreciate this show, even if we yeah. don't. Yeah. And very much in a similar vein. Um, and it's, you know, it's, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because like, I think I said this during the time I was watching the film. We were doing the film po- podcasts. I said that during the time that these the Anderson, those Anderson movies came out, the first two, three films I really enjoyed, and I knew absolutely nothing about Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. I knew absolutely nothing about the, the the. I thought I remember saying I thought Alice was Jill at one point. I thought <laughs> right. like I, sorry, not Jill, uh, Claire. Like I thought, mm. I know absolutely nothing, right? And then when I, you know, when we did the podcast, I was like, well, now I understand why people were so upset. But there are still things I like about, and we all do, that I, I like about the first and second and maybe third movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
Okay. It's strange. I'm not not to get on my horse one last time. I promise. But it, it, why is it that the Perryverse novels get like a free pass, but the Andersonverse stuff doesn't? This TV show doesn't. Uh, Welcome to Raccoon City doesn't. Now I know tastes may vary, and of those, yeah, I'm still in the book camp as well. But I, there is so much vitriol and so much hate when really Resident Evil can be, like Sai said, many different things to many different people. I hadn't necessarily intended to start with my conclusion i'll admit i haven't actually made any notes on it so i'm going to wing it but it seems appropriate to start because that's something that i want to mention in my own conclusion is that you're completely right i am you know i'm i know many of us feel the same way i'm 100 percent down for the resident evil multiverse i want to see new and interesting things to be done with the property uh that can exist alongside each other and not inter not necessarily even interact like Taking away, just like the show doesn't, does not happen. If someone comes up to me a couple of years and goes, "Do you want a Resident Evil TV series?" Absolutely, I do. What do you want it to be? I don't care. I just want a Resident Evil TV series. I want to see yeah. what they do with it. Well, Joyster, go nuts. Uh, I didn't necessarily like the show particularly. I'm glad it exists. I'm open to embracing it. I think that it had potential, as I said before. I think that it could have done with a lot more script revision to. Uh, fill in some of the holes that I found myself picking away at, admittedly, probably made it, didn't, you know, really help. But uh, I, I want it to be a thing. If there's a second season, then great. You know, I guess you've got potential to vastly improve on it, hopefully. And there's a lot to be learned, certainly. I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately, which is a real shame because, yeah, I like that Resident Evil can be a bunch of different stuff. In terms of the quality of the show and how I feel about it. I've obviously had people coming up to me who don't know Resident Evil all that well. You know, you casual, you your normies, if you like. Um, you know, and they they know I'm the Resident Evil person, so they want my opinion on it. And I've said the same thing to all of them. Uh, unfortunately, my conclusion really comes down to it's not terrible, but there isn't really anything redeemable about it either. Lance Reddick's fun. That's pretty much my conclusion that I've come to. I think the story is okay in places. I think the future timeline is super generic, which doesn't help, which means you'll get checked out of it really fast, especially when you're zipping back between the two timelines. Uh, some of the character work... I mean, as we said before, everyone seems to be designed to be hated. Um, and it's fun to hate Evelyn, but it's not really fun to hate everyone else. Uh, <laughs> I don't, yeah, the characters are poor, the story's poor, ZGFX are amazing. I wish I liked it more than I did. I I came into this episode wanting to say more positive things, but I look at my notes and all I unfortunately have for the sort of second round of the show was visible, you know, clarity of me just sort of losing my interest in it after episode five, which is a real shame. I agree with James. I think that it might age actually pretty well. As I said before, I watched Welcome to Raccoon City six or seven months after its release, and I liked it even more the second time, and I think it'll probably continue to trend upwards, and hopefully the same thing happens with this show. But I think that's probably the last we'll get of it myself. Um, Steve, what are your final conclusive thoughts on Resident Evil Netflix? Can I do the, the four minutes of screaming again? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, right, so it, it's not for me. Like, realistically, for me... I, 
I, I'm done with zombie apocalypse stuff. Like that, I, I'm I'm more into preventing the apocalypse. Just saying, guys. I'm more of the that, that bit where we get to the t to the precipice, but we pull back. So for me, this show was already on an uneven footing. Like there's some solid character stuff. There are some things you'll like and enjoy, at least in my opinion. But overall, like if I, if I wasn't part of the Resident Evil this Resident Evil podcast bit, you know, first day spray, I don't think I would have watched it in the first place. Like. I, I wouldn't have gone and watched the final chapter if it wasn't for the fact we did it for first day spray. So very much so, it wasn't for me. <laughs> I can appreciate like that the, there are some things I took away from it I enjoyed, Ma namely Lance Reddick, like fantastic, fantastic performance, genuinely, and that the insanity of an unhinged Wesker clone called Bert, like didn't know I needed it in my life. <laughs> Don't know if I needed the main games, but you know he's yeah, if they, if I can't have Daniel Fabron, I'll take Bert. You know. <laughs> but it's just it's not for me it's it's dire like the the, the, the storyline i want to invest in is the past stuff and the future spoils half of that and then yeah. we don't even get to see some of the more insane aspects like we're there in an, a full artificial town made by umbrella called new raccoon city that looks like it's straight out some like the stepford wives and we barely even get any like grounding on that and that's mental to begin with uh, I could rant about this. A lot of people have tore this show a new one. I think it's fine if you're in for a action slot thing with a bit of teen drama on top, which sounds like a mad combination, but wasn't for me. If season two rolls around, of course, I'll watch it. I'll give you my opinion. I'll try to be as even-handed as possible, as is being part of this like podcast team, I think. Yeah, being diligent. Mm -hmm. But overall, I'm not excited. Like... I if Lance Reddick's coming back, yes, of course. Then I'll go, whoa. Yes, please. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, it, because of this show, I'm going to play Quantum Break. That's not quite the same message, is it? <laughs> Something I just wanted to tack on to my own conclusion a little bit there, I just wanted to make evident, is that I know I kind of mentioned, we, talk, we had a sort of side shoot talk about canon at one point in the part one episode. Uh, that's got nothing to do with my issues. In fact, you know, I don't necessarily view this as a bad Resident Evil show. I can't really get my grips on how how much it feels like a Resident Evil product. I feel like there's certainly a lot of potential in there for it to really feel like Resident Evil if they can grow it outwards. It certainly didn't feel completely dissected. My issues just come with, I think, that it's a bad show, period. Not that it's a bad Resident Evil show. I would feel the same way about it if it was just a regular you know, random Netflix production Agreed. unaffiliated. Which yeah. I don't I don't subscribe to the fact that it's was a show that they tacked Resident Evil onto. I don't know if I necessarily believe that, whatever. But uh yeah, it's the issues are with the show itself, not with the fact that it's attached to the brand. I just want to make that completely clear. Um Kelsey, what are your final thoughts on uh, the Netflix Resident Evil show? Um so okay. Uh it's a show of two halves, as I've kind of said before. Um, two storylines, two timelines, two tones. Each half has some stuff I liked and some stuff I disliked. And I thought... Um, so, okay, something good. I, th I think the B.O.W.s, for the most part, were handled incredibly well. Apart from the zombies. Like, all the other B.O.W.s, you know, this is key Resident Evil stuff. That was really good. Two or three of the actors gave very good performances and you know Lance obviously and those performances are without a doubt what kept me watching the show without question it's the main thing because 
the story is just mostly dull uh, with way too much filler. Um, the zero, you know, literal the zero slash zombie kind of mumbo jumbo is just not. Yeah, <laughs> it's not what kind of, you know, keeps my interest. And so there's not enough character reflection and progression. Some of the episodes really dragged. And I think maybe the show, the episodes could should have possibly been 30, minute long, 30 minutes long instead of some of them are mostly an hour. So a lot could have been trimmed. And the back and forth structure was a real headache, which broke the tension multiple times and didn't allow for enough build for me. But, you know, when the show kind of oozes a bit more Resident Evil and when it added some quirkiness, I thought it was pretty strong and, you know, subtle homages to the gameplay in episode five, Arclay Mountains, Lisa Trevor, uh, Wes- the multiple Weskers, I bought into all that. And although all that stuff kind of feels out of place with the rest of the show, um, I just wish I'd had more of it. And I think the show initially sets itself up way too seriously and i kind of admire the attempt at being serious but i think it works against the show when you end up dealing with clones and a guy that can move at lightning speed it just it just does not go together and so yeah i suppose to kind of summarize i've alluded to this a few times my kind of time is precious and you know watching Mm. a tv series or gaming even is like a genuine luxury to me and if i ever feel like my time is being wasted on a show then i can start to become quite critical (laughs) and quite cranky with it (laughs) and so there's quite a few times watching this show where i just felt it wasn't worth my time i didn't feel like it was for me um but then there were times i enjoyed it that i've touched on in these podcasts and uh i don't think it helps when you know recently i've kind of been watching some of the greatest tv ever and even with a show like the boys which is more fantastical than resident evil yet absolutely lands its tone incredibly well and that's another genre show you know if we're going to compare genre tv which is what these two series are it's leagues apart from something like this on netflix and i'm not holding that against the show because it's just that's down to the you know the crew they've got involved and the time and the budget and all this there's so many factors but when my own personal time is tight <laughs> it's a struggle yeah. to watch it so yeah. yeah to wrap up it's just it's very disjointed there are glimpses of what it could have really been for me uh, i certainly enjoyed i would say i enjoyed it then than most of the anderson films um <laughs> but you know i absolutely prefer what welcome to raccoon city did because for me that was a much more self-aware throwback movie that wanted to be as resident evil as it could and have fun while doing it whereas this netflix series just kind of takes itself a bit too seriously it's a mixed bag it's and for the franchise you know for the light i should say for live action adaptations it just feels like one step forward and two steps back um so yeah I really don't hate it. Parts of it are made incredibly well, and then, but structurally, story-wise, and all that, it's just not great for me. So it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Fair, fair. Uh, okay, and Mr. Moist Owlet, what are your final thoughts on? Let me just make sure I say this correctly. N R E. Thank you. <laughs> also, f- it L. I have to. <laughs> I, I have to I have to go behind all of that negativity. Yeah, so there's a huge to... cloud over me right now. Yeah, um, I wanted you to bring us up as <laughs> Right. So my concluding thoughts are this show 
is made for a different generation in part and it's also made for another generation in part and i think they've tried to mix these two things together because there are things that work for some people and there are things that don't work for other people if you ask folks who are in the age range of 18 to 25 do they like the show they will most likely say they enjoyed it Mm. if you Mm. if you say to somebody if you say to the general re community to be honest because we're all around that age you know people are up 25 plus to 40 for instance you know they will say they dislike the show because there's you know there is a lot of family drama which they promised there is a lot of emotion in this show um even if it hit the mark on for some people in some respects i think that's a personal kind of barrier for some folks when they're watching a show like this um i think it did great visually I think the cinematography should, if it does, I doubt it will, and it pains me to say that, but if it does get a second season, they should carry on with how it's shot. They should keep the VFX team on. Um, they should uh, they should keep most of the actors on. Um, mm-hmm. Billy, mm-hmm. older Billy should probably go, um, you know, just due to, yeah. like, her just not being the same as younger Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Or we get some kind of tie-in, a reason why, but I doubt that will be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, also, they should bring me on the show. Because <laughs> um, I make far better stories than they do. Pat self on back. Agreed. Um, but at the same time, I do hope that what I've spoken about today uh, is an element of the truth. I mean, when I did the... When I did the um, kind of reactions trailer for for the show, a lot of what I said did come true in that yeah. video. And I was kind of proud of that. So, I mean, maybe, who knows, maybe I'm just in the mind of Andrew Dabb. But maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm not, and it goes completely the other direction. Um, in terms of Welcome to Raccoon City, it's like th- these two shows are like completely different. Um, I do like comparing them, but they're completely different. Yeah, and it kind of, sure. and it it also kind of uh, goes towards the what I was saying earlier on, when uh, you can you can do a you can do a show that is so close to the material um, with a limited budget, right? And you can do your best with it, and it'll still be dragged through the ground. Or you could completely like re try and reimagine something, kind of pick pick pieces and build your own kind of universe from it, while also kind of making it fit with the current game universe, and it still be dragged through the mud. Or you can completely change it, like with the W with the W S Anderson movies, and do a completely different story. Like I'm not going to talk about any of the movies past three. Um, but you know, um, or you can completely change the universe and it'll still be dragged through the mud. So Mm. I just, you have to be someone quite special and you have to have quite a special team to be able to make a series or a movie that will appeal to all of the Resident Evil community because this show clearly has not, um, and yeah, just just with the state of the Resident Evil games and their universe as well, it'd be very hard to do that. And I think they've done what they could with this show, um, you know, with what they've been given anyway. Uh, mm. Final conclusions. Obviously, I love the show. Um, there are some clear bad things about it that I didn't that I disliked. 
um, and I've mentioned them. I've mentioned those. Um, there are many, but again, I do not believe it deserved um, all the hate it's gotten. But I feel like I'm going to be repeating that same thing till the end of time about the res- mm-hmm. about Resident Evil stuff. To be honest, um, yeah. So I, I really liked it, and I hope it gets a season two. But I'm not really. Um, I'm not really holding out about hope, much hope. And finally, yes, again, bring me on the show. I will make your show better. <laughs> I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. I've got the love of Jesus. Right, okay, so we're going to close out this show with something a little bit lighthearted. Something we haven't done for... Uh, the last time we did it was at the end of last season, I believe. Um, and it started when we were featuring episodes on the Anderson verse. So, long time first days, Bray listeners might pick up what I'm putting down here. Um, I'm not legally allowed to say what it's called. Uh, that, is, <laughs> that is a genuine thing. Yeah, I don't know if I'm meant to reveal that. What? Just beep it. Basically. <laughs> You guys will be going. Will be going on an adventure, and you will be choosing your oh! route through that adventure. Uh, we're not. So what we 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 we've decided we're going to call these problem solvers from now on. Mm. Which is yeah, uh, I like that. must. I think that was a Jordanism. It's too clever for any of us. <laughs> so <laughs> I have written a, a problem solver. It is a. It's a short one. There's only three choices, but there are seven potential endings. So if you're listening on to this... Yeah, seven. It was going to be a lot more, but I was like, this is already getting way out of hand. Um, So (laughs) if you are listening along to this and you enjoy this, uh, please do check the full thing out. It will be out on our website by the time this podcast drops at fasprayPod.com. The link will be in the description of the podcast directly to it as well. I do... uh, I recommend you go check it out if you enjoy what you hear because there's a lot more entries to it than what you're about to hear and more of my stupid sense of humour. So there you go. <laughs> um, okay, so basically, as there's three choices and there's three of you here, all of you guys are going to get to make a choice. So I will just rock right into Problem Solver 2022. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly 2217-ish on a warm night in the height of the American summer. You and your two colleagues within the BSAA Bravo team have been sent on a tracking mission. A famous name within the world of bioterrorism has gone missing and it's up to you to track them down and gather information on their current status. Why exactly the BSAA sent you is unknown. Renowned for creating a mess and endangering lives, perhaps they think this mission will see you off and they won't have to worry about you anymore. (laughs) You descend from your helicopter directly down onto a moving train because, much like a Paul W.S. Anderson film, if you don't understand the laws of physics, then they don't have to affect you. (laughs) Climbing aboard the moving locomotive, you find the train compartment eerily quiet. There are signs of distress. A briefcase has been smashed in two and its contents are strewn across the floor. The arm of a seat is pulled right off its hinges. A mutilated corpse with bite marks in its arms and legs lay in a pool of blood. Nothing out of the ordinary. Moving to the next car, you are set upon by the outstretched arms and gnashing teeth of an undead ghoul. One of you fires shots from your sidearm, the samurai edgelord, into its body. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't slow him down. Another of you then aims, squeezes the trigger and blasts their head to pieces. The last of you stands there picking your nose, I don't know. Either way, you know their weak spot now. You know, the weak spot of every creature, the brain. Bright lot you are. 
<laughs> Reaching the driver's compartment, you find the train is hurtling towards the old estate up in the mountains. Do you do nothing and let the train crash in the general vicinity of an aristocrat's abode, or hit the big red button that says R-E-verse? Um, <laughs> James, let's start with you. What would you like to do? Oh, man. Oh, I I want to I want I want to crash into the art aristocrat's <laughs> <laughs> okay. house. Okay. Surviving the crash thanks to the convenient plot armor, you climb from the rock you climb from the wreckage <laughs> of the train into the princely estate. It is a beautiful building, although you find that it has a lot of brown and green going on and not a lot else. As you explore forwards, you find yourself in a stairwell covered in paintings, famously on loan from the local city museum. That's a callback, by the way. <laughs> Up the creaking staircase you venture, taking notice of bloodstains and scratches into the wallpaper. Three long rips like a claw has torn through them, and they are of a particular concern. Thump, 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 thump. A pounding sound echoes down the hall. The hairs on your neck stand tall, but it, always go, but it all goes quiet. You turn and continue your slow, cautious walk through the mansion's corridors. Thump, 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 thump. You hear it again, louder. It grows closer to you. Whatever it is, is hunting you. Thump, 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 thump. <laughs> One of you, leading up the rear, turns and screams as something launches itself from the shadows towards you. However, as it reaches the light, you see that it is nothing more than a cheap black and white puppet of something that almost, but not quite, resembles a Doberman. It opens its mouth to bark, but instead a stock monster noise comes out. It's quite, <laughs> it's quite pathetic, really, and you grab the well-equipped mansion's closest fire extinguisher to beat the poor thing to death. <laughs> As you explore, you find that the train crashing into the side of the mansion has conveniently shaken the house in such a way that all the locks on the doors have broken. This means you can get from the main this means you can get to the main foyer quickly. You learn through reading diaries along the way that this mansion is the front for an evil corporation. The question is, did your target come through here and where did they go next? Did they return to the city to report this news or decide to take the fight to the company's secret base? It's time to consult your intuition. Do you believe your target went to the city or do you think your target went to the secret base? Uh, Steve, where did the target go? Uh, okay. Secret base? Secret base it is. Oh dear. Secret base. Secret base. You climb aboard the helicopter and ride off into the sunrise. Really cheesy music swells and credits begin to play for a moment before the director cuts it off because this isn't the end yet. <laughs> the coordinates for the secret base lead you way out of civilization to the Antarctic. As you get closer to your destination, you fly over snow drifts, frozen lakes, and a burned out outpost with two men competing in an intense staring contest. <laughs> Finally... <laughs> wow. Finally, you touch down at the frozen warehouse and make your way inside. Almost immediately, heavy machine gun fire rings out across the room and you all duck for cover. One of you aims and takes out the searchlight below it and a voice calls out, Wah! Don't shoot! Coming down the stairs to meet you, a teenage boy apologises to you about that little misunderstanding. And suddenly, in the most <laughs> contrived way possible, he is suddenly ripped in two by a gigantic spider that climbs out from under the ice. It's, it's very impressive CGI for the budget. <laughs> Seeing your chance to escape, you all leg it. Deeper into the freezing cold base you go until you happen upon a rather out-of-place caravan. The absolute unit manning the stall after hearing the commotion says, It's a pleasure to see you safe. The large, mysterious, barefooted man seems like he knows a thing or two, so you all decide to ask him if he knows anything about your target. He's heard many things, but he can't be sure. 
Do you investigate the mysterious village? Do you investigate the laboratory under the forest? Or do you investigate the prison island? Uh, Kelsey, you get the final, final choice. Mysterious village, laboratory under the forest, or prison island? Let's go to the lab where it all happens. Let's go to the lab. Okay, cool. The caravan owner hands you all vials of strange liquid to drink. They're labelled R-E-verse. You wonder if the writer realises yes. they've used the same joke twice, and then, <laughs> by acknowledging it, conclude that they're either lazy or they think they're funnier than they actually are. <laughs> Guzzling the contents of the bottles causes you all to pass out. The merchant definitely doesn't draw fake moustaches on you whilst you're asleep. You wake up in a familiar forest, standing in front of a strange stone block. An opening in the stone reveals a staircase, and descending it leads you to a laboratory. Inside, you find your target, Albert Wesker. That's right, your dad. You are, of course, Billy Wesker, Jade Wesker, and Wesker. The strange clone daughter B, B sort Wesker. of things of the world's biggest egomaniac and bioterrorist. Collectively, you have always agreed that you wished Bert was your dad, but we don't get to choose these things. <laughs> wow. Your father congratulates you on making it this far, but regrets to inform you that your story may have been cancelled due to general audience disinterest. You remark that you'll always at least have episode five. Suddenly, a woman in a small red dress smashes her way down the stairs on a motorbike, screams, My name is Alice! and throws doors at you, killing the Wesker family dead. Wow. Congratulations, you got the inevitability ending. <laughs> Man, I wanted to be Jade so I could tell Albert Wesker to f*** off. <laughs> I had far too much fun writing that. That was incredible. <laughs> Thank you, Sai. I think, uh, think I think it lacked a few references, though. <laughs> Sorry, I did, I did try. <laughs> Superb job. Thank you very much. Again, if you want to check out more of uh, the Problem Solver, and please do, there's a lot more that you didn't hear. Uh, please head over to the website to check it out. But nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors, our Patreons, and our listeners. Join the First Aid Spray Discord server to become part of our community and hear the show early and unedited. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, etc. All these links and all of our content can be found at fasprepod.com. You can listen to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcasting apps. And if you like what you hear, please do leave us a review where you can and spread the good word. Don't forget you can support the show by picking up some merch or at patreon.com forward slash fasprepod for as little as $1 a month. On our next episode, as previously promised, we will be heading back to Leon's European adventure to cover the portions of the game we never did as we retrospectively look back on Separate Ways, Assignment Ada, and Resident Evil 4's Mercenaries mode. Thank you to the panel. You can follow all of the Pueblo people individually. I'm at Sinyak underscore one, two, three. Steve is at FB. Steve was taken. James is at Moist Owlets OFF. And Kelsey is at K underscore D underscore B underscore. And finally, thank you for listening and have a good week. for sounding crankier than usual. A piece of tooth this... popped out today. <laughs> oh, God. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh. uh, <laughs>
It hurts. <laughs> That's a first. Uh, so yeah, that, this is uh, congratulations, guys. Live battle damage for the podcast about the Netflix <laughs> Resident Evil series.